entertained? Are you not entertained? I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. What's up, Video Landers? I'm Brad. Cousin Wayne. Josh. Welcome to our first Versus of 2017. Versus is AV's Fight Club of sorts, where we pit two movies against each other and see who comes out the victor. Consider Versus the Thunderdome of movie watching, where two movies enter, and Wayne? One movie leaves. We use the various episodes to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. We recognize a genre or director's achievements by forming a list of categories. The various category winners are awarded a golden idol, and the film with the most golden idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. Do you agree that this Versus and Marathons has, has helped um, you kind of figure yourself out as a video lander? It has for me. I mean, it's really challenged some of the, the way I look at movies and which ones I think are a little bit better. You know, I mean, it's just like some of the movies you have us pit up against... Are, are just unbelievably difficult for me to decide which I like better. Yeah. So and sometimes really... with the verses, um, it's movies that, you know, like we said, haven't seen for a while or haven't even seen at all. So it's kind of fun just to put that magnifying glass uh, over the said movie and to find out new things about just filmmaking in general. We used to do this a lot um, at the factory when we worked together, Josh, where I would give you like, what, seven, eight movies to watch? Uh, is, was it eight movies? <laughs> I remember that. Sounds bitter. <laughs> I'm surprised you here. What was, what was that deal? Why did we do that? Um, it was me fighting tooth and nail to get you to read Game of Thrones. Yeah, before Song Game of, of Thrones Fire. was a thing. Cinematic. Right, right, yeah. Uh, the, I had read the books um, myself, loved them, thought you'd enjoy them. But the only way I could get you to read them... As if you marathon. Was if I watched eight <laughs> movies per one book. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that got, it worked, though. Yeah, I read like the books. Deal. I love the books. And you got some pretty good movies out of that, didn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I mean, I got you into some Akira Kurosawa. I forget mm -hmm. all the movies that, that you watched. But there were some really good ones. So that has actually inspired what we do here on AV when it comes to marathons and verses. So, guys, we didn't have an opportunity to celebrate Gene Wilder's legacy last year at the time of his unfortunate passing. That sucked. I wanted to talk about, um, what was it, Willy Wonka, you know, because we had a, a nomination for Pantheon, uh, which was uh, Wizard of Oz, and I kind of wanted to put uh, Willy Wonka against uh, Wizard of Oz, and it just, just didn't happen. But he made it easy for us. For our first verses, we're going to do Blazing Saddles, all right, and Young Frankenstein, okay? Why did we put those two <laughs> movies against each other? Uh, they were close. Uh, I looked them up on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Blazing Saddles, like you said, came out in 1974. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.8, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 90%, and uh, Young Frankenstein came out a little bit later uh, that, that year. IMDb gave it an 8.0, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 93%. 93%? Yeah. Which one was that? Uh, that was from Ron uh, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, okay. Yeah. And then uh, they uh, both directed by uh, Mel Brooks, of course, uh, both starred Gene Wilder, and both had Madeline Kahn in them. And, uh, and also in Blazing Saddles, uh, Siobhan Little uh, played Sheriff Bart. And uh, Peter Boyle played the, the monster and Young Frankenstein. And Marty Feldman played Igor and Young Frankenstein. All right. And uh, Mel Brooks, man, can you imagine making these two movies 
1974. You know, no matter what our opinion is, okay, tonight, uh, we have, I just, on AFI's top 100 comedies of all time, it looks like Blazing Saddles is at number six. This is all time, okay? Young Frankenstein is 13, and The Producers is at 11. Okay, that is insane yeah. for a filmmaker like, you know, uh, Brooks to come in here and make those, you know? Yeah. And uh, these both these movies only cost $2 million a piece, you know? But he's definitely left his mark when it comes to comedy and cinematic history. So not only are we really kind of like taking a look at Gene Wilder tonight, we're also taking a look at Mel Brooks, mm -hmm. you know? So, and man, you look at some forums, and I literally talked to like 12 people, all right? Um, at least 12 to 13, I'm like, what's your favorite? Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. There's a guy I work with, and I'm like, uh, his name's Richard Pope. He's actually a sponsor of the show, and uh, I'm like, you know, which one do you like? And he he is a Blazing Saddles fan, all right. Uh, but there's many other people I talk to, and it is all over the place, man. And they really have two different kinds of tone to them. Oh, for they being do, 1974. Entirely different. Entirely yeah. different tones coming off the same year with the same you know same cast. A lot of the same cast. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I think this is going to be a great <clears throat> versus to start off uh, the year. Um, but Gene Wilder has stated that this is his favorite performance of all time in Young Frankenstein. All right? Yeah. And Mel Brooks has said that uh, his favorite comedy of all time, and he's not, he's not like, I'm not trying to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not trying to put a, a lot of love on my own movie. You know, but he's like, the performances of the, the people that I directed were doing some funny shit. And uh, he actually talked to um, a guy who uh, was, uh, I think it was, at, yeah, the top 100 guys at AFI. He talked to them. He's like, how is number one is Some Like It Hot? Okay? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, he thinks it's a good movie. He thinks it's a quality, funny movie. But he goes, let's do a fucking laugh off. All right? Seriously, he, he called up the AFI guy. He's like, Blazing Saddle should be number like one, two, three, four, and five <laughs> on your list. He goes, if you look at the, the, the how much comedy we're actually throwing. And he actually said, if you brought in, and we started like say... Um, some like it hot at 6 o'clock, right? And you had a laugh meter going. And then we had like a 20-minute break after the movie and we put, uh, you know, um, Blazing Saddles on. And uh, we, we had a laugh meter there. It would be four to five times, okay, more laughter in the theater. So how can you give Some Like It Hot the number yeah. one comedy of all time? So he gets a little sensitive about that. <laughs> what did I have Marilyn Monroe in it? Yeah, Marilyn okay. Monroe. Yeah, that's like what, a, there's your answer right there. Fucking Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he gets, he does get a little bit uh, hot when talking about the number one comedy of all time. So I'm very curious tonight. Well, he's very passionate about comedy. Yeah, that, he is. Yeah, yeah. You he know is. that 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 shows that, you, like you said, he's got three movies in the what top. 13. 100, <clears throat> top 100, and yeah, but his the the three were what number uh, six, number six, eleven, and thirteen. What was the third? I don't, yeah, I don't have that, but oh, his, okay. but him, Mel Brooks on the top 100 yeah. AFI is number six, Blazing Saddles, number 13, Young Frankenstein, and number 11, The Producers. That not that crazy? Yeah. Wouldn't you love to have three movies on anybody's fucking list oh, yeah, of all time? That's a great legacy, man. <laughs> that's just a great time. legacy. So, Before you had me rewatch these, I remember disliking them both a lot. Uh -huh. But when I had to boil them down and, and dissect them as I watched them, 
just one of them just shone above the for other me too. for me. For it me, was... too. And you, motherfucker, <laughs> he tried to get me every day this week. He's, like, just trying to throw, like, some little hints, like, hey, what do you, where's your idols at, you know, and which movie did you go for? And, you know, one of the rules is, you know, you, you have to stay limited on your talking with Marathon and Versus yeah. because it's very easy, like, Wayne could, it is, it is, man. Like, it'd be easy for him to say something, or me say something to you, and you're like, hmm, I never thought about that. So that takes your original thought out, you know, and, and put someone else's in. But something we do like to do on verses here this is a big fucking deal okay yeah. because we have pantheon rules and pantheon is the uh, the <laughs> movies of all time movies okay and the uh, tonight whoever wins the most golden idols our version of the oscars um we'll talk about it and we'll see if it deserves pantheon we have a council that will vote yes or no on that um but the, we all have to agree together tonight that the golden idol winner tonight Okay, is Pantheon worthy? If not, then we all fucking go home, and that movie sucks. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> suck, but maybe it's well, not the best. There, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not the best. Neither one of these sucked for me. Okay. You know what not. I mean? Yeah. It just, just one was always just that one step ahead Yeah, for me. so a Golden Idol winner is a big deal tonight, so it's going to be really interesting to see what your opinion is on this and see if it's one of the best comedies ever made either one of these films so do you want to start us off Wayne I sure with do. best location uh, the best film location for me was uh, Young Frankenstein The Castle okay I thought that was great uh, just even though it was a comedy it kind of you know the thing was shot in black and white and you had this castle and it just kind of had a creepy setting even for comedy but also the, a lot of the props yeah used in uh, the lab in the castle were from the original Universal Frankenstein movie. Very interesting. And I just thought it looked great, so I had to go with that. Okay, right on. Uh, what about you, Josh? Best location? I actually wrote down Frankenstein's castle as well, but then I changed it. Oh, oh yeah. damn. I changed it because <laughs> there were several very memorable shots for me on the the streets of Transylvania. Ah, uh, yeah. Just in particular when the cart is wheeling down the, the street when they've just dug up the body. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's one of those moments where a lot was going on and it, the, the music chime just kept speeding up because you saw that the cart mm-hmm. was taken off. Yep. And that shot down that street was beautiful. The the uh, uh, inspector's house or whatever it was. Uh, I just liked all of that element. I thought it was really right cohesive. But Frankenstein's castle was definitely a strong second. Yeah, almost word for word what you said, Wayne. I went with Frankenstein's laboratory. Um, Just knowing that uh, Mel Brooks went out and he found the electrical uh, machinery or the lab equipment from Frankenstein, was a 1931's Frankenstein, found those props, all right, and reused them in a movie. It it gives this movie a little bit of weight to me. It gives it more authenticity. It does, doesn't it? It's a classic film. Yeah, so I really enjoyed, you know, seeing that and just knowing that he reused all those props all those years later. So um, I went with uh, uh, Frankenstein's laboratory. So... Uh, what about best Gene Wilder character? Uh, again, I had to go with Young Frankenstein okay. as a well, Doctor Frodrick Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, just such a great. He starts out. There's a distinction a, here. Yeah, there's a Frankenstein and Frankenstein. Right. <laughs> Which one's getting the vote? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to say that the one person will split oh, personality. I, I specifically <laughs> did not do that. <laughs> just because he starts out as one person and his uh, character changes. You know, he starts out as this guy. He's a very well respected, uh-huh. you know, doctor, professor, or whatever, teaching at a school. Wants nothing to do with his great grandfather, who he said was, you know, a cuckoo. <laughs> and then, as he goes to the castle and he finds out about his great grandfather's experiments and but it's okay because he handles the work. change with grace and dignity <laughs> of course <laughs> and just as that as you watch him change he becomes obsessed just like 
you know, uh, his great grandfather was. So yeah, I think there's a character. little bit of madness in each <coughs> version of his character, oh, Frankenstein yeah, yeah. or Frankenstein. Well, you know, because when he goes off in the classroom, you know, but that one kid keeps asking uh-huh. him questions. He's it all claps like broccoli, and he stabs himself uh-huh. in the leg with a scalpel. Class dismissed. All right, what about you? Best Gene Wilder character, Willy Wonka. <laughs> True. Sorry. <laughs> different, different marathon. Different verses. Uh, so I went with Frederick von Frankenstein, <laughs> and I did that because uh, I thought that 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 for the exact same reason that you said, you saw the evolution of his character exactly. in into that. He was growing into it, was denying it the whole time. And then when it finally happens, it's a big deal. Because he couldn't escape awesome. destiny. Yeah, exactly. And, and when that change happens and he yells, my name is Frankenstein. It's Just the look beautiful. on Gene Wilder's oh, yeah. face. You could tell he fucking loved what he was doing. And his so, flip, his lid was flipped. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All that, that work that goes into denying his true inner self mm-hmm. is an important part of that character. And to say something that deep in a fucking comedy... Oh, is yeah. a big deal for me. I thought so. so too. <clears throat> I thought that it was excellent. Yeah, I went with Gene Wilder and Young Frankenstein. Um, real quick, I want to do talk about um, Blazing Saddles Waco. You know the Waco kid. He there's something there. There's like I liked his performance there, but there's like a sadness to his yeah, character there. Because he was there. an old drunk. Yeah, yeah. Shit. And I like that. I respect his character there. But I love. I fucking love. Um, <laughs> these this madness that's in his eyes and Young Frankenstein. There's not oh, too yeah. many characters that are so intense or so many actors that can go to that next level. Gene Wilder, Nicolas Cage, people like that who can just fucking take it to 10 and you're like, wow, what am I fucking watching here? And there's moments... And just a look in their eyes. Yeah, there's yeah. moments like, well, when he's uh, Dr. Frankenstein, he's talking about hearts and kidneys are tinker toys <laughs> and I'm talking about the central nervous system. He goes, my grandfather's work was doo-doo! <laughs> that shit cracks me up and oh, it's just yeah. that intensity and that same intensity is like when they lock him in the room with uh, Frank Frankenstein, you know, and he's like, "Hey, just I'm gonna I'm gonna scream, I'm gonna yell, but don't let me out of here." And then he just goes fucking crazy when he's locked in the room. He's like, "Let Jesus Christ!" But when these uh, these certain actors can to, can tap into crazy or madness, there's only a few that can do it. And Gene Wilder was one of the best at it. And he and he's got he's got two of those on his record. And we're only talking about one of those yeah, yeah. tonight. Not even in Willy Wonka. I mean, Willy Wonka. He was a quiet kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. but when it erupted, but it, when it erupted, erupted, it was yeah. it was complete and madness. It was it parallels exactly the the caliber oh, yeah. performance that we saw in this movie. Yeah. So that takes us to um, best screen duo. Uh, again, I went with Young Frankenstein, okay. <laughs> uh, Doctor Frankenstein, and. Igor. <laughs> Those guys together. That's Josh just... clapping. <laughs> I agree. Those two were absolutely beautiful together. They, they played off each other's roles. Uh, the little comedy gags in between there. Everything. Every time those two were on the screen, there was some kind of a laugh. Every second. And to me, they were just they were just perfect together. I loved it. Okay, and you went with the same, huh? Same, uh, Frankenstein and Igor, and the I it was Igor. Spe- <laughs> oh, they were wrong, weren't they? <laughs> no, the specific scene that uh, sold me on it was when <laughs> right after uh, Frankenstein's monster has choked the shit out of uh, Doctor Frankenstein, <laughs> and he calmly sits down, brings him over. Was that, uh, I can't remember the name uh, of the guy, Herbert. Uh, Sel- uh, Hans, Hans Helbrook. Hans Helbrook. Was that Hans no Helbrook's brain? No. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Whose brain was it? Abby someone. Okay. Abby? 
Yes, that's the name. I'm sure of it. <laughs> As that develops, it, it, it's masterful all the oh, way yeah. through to the end. And that couldn't happen without those two playing off of each other. Uh-huh. And there was nothing like that. Agreed. Nothing even close to that in uh, Blazing Saddles yeah. for me. Okay, so this is where I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I went with, and this was kind of rough. I actually went back and forth. But I love um, Hedley Lamar and Taggart. When they're on screen together, that's, that's solid. Yeah, yes, that's I, solid. I, I yeah, love them. Good. I mean, the first scene where you see that he's in the uh, the office and he's talking about um, what was oh. it um, number number six doing a number six on him, and he's like, "We're gonna go into town, in <laughs> and ride." And that whole scene there between them, he's like, "And you, you save the women, you spare the women, you short? No, we rape the shit out of them." He goes, "Marvelous, marvelous." <laughs> he goes, "That's marvelous." But that, and he's like, you know, just the the interaction between them two, and then there's that scene later on where he's in the bathtub and he's like washing him and he's got Mr. Froggy and just the I don't know these two villains together are just pure comedic genius every time they're on screen I could call that an oversight Uh I would not have changed my vote Mm. I'd still vote the way that I did but that is an oversight for me from Blazing Saddles I, I, I don't think that they had as much screen presence as maybe yeah. I felt like I got with Frankenstein uh-huh. yeah. and Igor. So. But I also did want to, like, you know, Bart and Waco I thought were really good, too, because <clears> I'm going to talk a little bit about the hero's journey later, and I don't think that's possible <clears> without Waco, you know, helping um, Bart become his full potential. Yeah. You know, and actually becoming a friend. And I think it's very important to the screenplay because, like, Blazing Saddle does get very racy, but at the end of the movie, you have a white man and a black man who become very good friends mm-hmm. riding off into the distance, you know? Yeah. Uh, driving. And, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. And I think there's moments with uh, Bart and Waco <laughs> I think there's moments with <laughs> I think there's moments with Bart and Waco where like you know Bart's ready to give up you know and he goes hey Jim's you know like, no, yeah. they're, they're, they're simple they're, they're uh, what do they say farmer, they're farmers uh, people of the land you Moron. know morons, morons. <laughs> and you know I think that, that helps him you know uh, become you know who he's destined to be yeah you know, just kind of guides him through yeah. you know almost like a mentor in a way yeah, you know yeah. but uh, so I really wanted to give some love to Bart and Waco because that was the one I kept on flipping um, back and forth to but uh, did you know that scene too when he goes morons when he says morons at yeah. the end, doesn't that seem like a real genuine laugh? It's from because, uh, yeah, Cleavon uh, Little. Yeah, Shimon, uh, Shimon Little. He didn't know that Gene Water was going to say that. Uh huh. So when uh, Gene, as soon as Gene Water said, you know, morons, that was legit laughter from him because he had no clue that was what he was going to say. Awesome. That's good. All right. Um, what about best villain antagonist? Uh, best villain. I, I went with Blazing Saddles on this one. Okay. Yeah. Headley. Okay. He just cracked me up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that, and, this, and that honestly, he was almost the only villain. Young Frankenstein to me uh-huh. didn't really have a villain. Yeah. Well, that's why I have villain slash antagonist because you yeah. do have an antagonist um, in Young Frankenstein. Not as not as villainous as like Headley, but yeah. as an antagonist, someone who is antagonizing. <clears throat> so I, I definitely. Want and I'm interested to see if that lines up with who I picked because I went with. Young Frankenstein. Really? <clears throat> My runner-up was Hedley Lamar mm-hmm. because he's the obvious choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in inter- another interesting turn of events is that we're watching a comedy that's also rooted in some very real shit. And, and, you know, it still explores the same story that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein did. Yeah. <clears throat> so in that way, you find out that we're the monster. You know, the very, a very common theme. <clears throat> um, but it, it's hard to identify a villain, but I went with the one that I thought antagonized yeah. uh, the situation. And I went with Inspector Kemp. Oh, okay. um, <clears throat> really? I thought he was terrific. And 
It's just fucking hilarious. Yeah, and that's that's, that's, why, that's why we it's have hilarious. the antagonist, just in case there's not a clear villain. And, and, so and, have and, a nice, quiet shot. <laughs> you know, it, it, when it comes down to it, you know, he, he, he does says the thing about riots, and it's about time we, we had, had one. one you know? <laughs> and he goes in there, he's the one that everybody's waiting to hear with bated breath what he has to say. Yeah, and he says, he drops the ball. I will go, and mm-hmm. I will make sure that... Frankenstein's not up to you know the same shit that his uh, grandfather was. So to me, sure. he fully qualifies as an antagonist, and really? the the character is uh, is, is it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking arm clicking. Thing. I don't know what that's oh, yeah. all about, but I'm glad it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I went with Headley Lamar is who I went as well, uh, but he's probably the clearest mustache curling villain that um, Av has ever had on a versus so far. Uh, but he was a he was a lot of fun. Um, I have in my notes here. He's a, he's the money grabber. He's the land stealer. Um, he's responsible for cattle rape. He has every single <laughs> yeah. fucking western trope ever. Yeah, he is. With racism and humor type. Yeah, cattle rape, human rape, <laughs> murder, hanging, uh, molesting rubber frogs. Yeah, he's he's quite the quite the guy. <laughs> but yeah. Good. Awesome performance from him though. I loved yeah, him in this, great. you know. So he was he was really good. What's your best hero? Well, I I went with uh, Sheriff Bart in Blazing Saddles. Okay. I mean, and he he was the the hero, not just because you know he saved the day as sheriff, <coughs> but I mean, yeah, it's a comedy. But you know, a black man became sheriff of a town. Yeah, and not only sheriff of town, but people. I mean, they were going to kill him before he even walked into the fucking sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. You know, in a very funny way, he got in there and he and he was going to kill himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he worked his way up from that. You know, and he did become not just the hero for saving the town, but the hero of the people, uh-huh. just for. He became more accepted than the Irish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, Even the Indians like them. <laughs> They're darker than we are. <laughs> oh, and I love that Jewish accent that yeah. he's got. Yeah. <laughs> the Indian chief has a Jewish accent. <laughs> um, so I went with... And you're going to notice a trend here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went with Frederick von Frankenstein. Okay. Because... So I think, you're, I think he's pulling against us. Oh, maybe you're both pulling against me. We'll see. <laughs> I ain't saying shit, my I don't know. Here. You can definitely see uh, the way this is going. But, I th- I mean, they talk about him in the end. Just simply saying that this man is a hero. He sacrificed his life for the monster, you know, and <clears throat> she goes through that. It's true. I think that it's absolutely true. He was driven by emotion. He <coughs> talked about love. He did all those things. Bart is my runner-up for it because he's the obvious choice, but I thought that Gene Wilder's Frankenstein was a far more compelling character, uh-huh. and uh, <clears throat> I feel like you learn more from it. Not that a comedy is supposed to teach you anything, I suppose, but... Uh, yeah, you can still look for it. Yeah. I respect the movie for having that extra element and still being funny as shit. Yeah, um, this is the first time that I really looked at Blazing Saddles like this um, with the hero's journey. But you look at Bart. I mean, he was a slave in the Old West. Um, he became the sheriff of Rock Ridge, um, kills the bad guy, saves the town, and rides off into the sunset. Or rides off in a limo, <laughs> however you want to say it. But um, I really loved his character. It's the first time I was like, wow, there's actually a, a lot of meat to this role of his. And, uh, I, man, I really would have loved to have seen a sequel where, because you know how they go very, me- uh, like yeah. very meta at the end of this. I would have loved to see them, you know, like a part two of Blazing Saddles, get out of a limo and go into like a buddy cop movie. You know, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Been yeah, but I, for a hero, um, I really loved um, his character. So that's what I went for best hero. Uh, what'd you have for best gag or sight gag? Uh, in Young Frankenstein, 
uh, best guy. Every time uh, Frau Blucher's name is mentioned, those horses, <laughs> you always, whether you see the horses going, or you can hear it in the background. <laughs> and nobody really says anything except at one point, uh, Igor sticks his head up the room and goes, Frau Blucher! <laughs> and every time, and everybody just kind of, Stops. Uh-huh. Nobody says shit. My favorite it. ones when they're down in the lab. They're all standing on yeah. the balcony, and you quietly <laughs> hear the voices, the voices in the background. It's great. Wow. So that was it for me. Uh, I actually I tried to stick with the sight gag thing. I'm not 100 percent sure if this is going to line up with that, but comedy without words. Yeah. Um, I actually went with the with uh, Young Frankenstein as well, but the blind man sequence. <laughs> where he's trying to fuck it. Yeah, he's talking, obviously. The blind man's talking. But the whole time, Fr- Frankenstein's monster is, you know, trying to get uh, the soup. And he pours it in his lap twice. And then he finally get, he, he gets the drink and you're good to go. And then he smashes it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. That was my favorite. Yeah, I had originally the uh, the hump moving around yeah. in Young Frankenstein because that was a gag that was actually pulled and it wasn't in the script. Yeah. I guess, uh, was his name Marty? Yeah, Marty Feldman. He kept on uh, putting moving the hump around. on different sides. And, and so, nobody noticed for a while. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, fuck it, we're going to keep it in. So I thought that was a pretty good gag. But um, I went with the uh, fart gag um, in Blazing Saddles. That was good. Sounds, that was real good. You know, and that was the first time that a fart was ever recorded mm-hmm. and, and heard in the theaters. That's pretty yeah. fucking impressive. I guess there was a Benny Hill something like in nineteen late nineteen sixties, but it wasn't recorded. It was just like the he was trying to pass gas, and uh, but this is the first time ever that it was actually recorded for a movie. And I guess uh, Mel Brooks went back into a room with a couple other guys and got their hands wet yeah, yeah, and started so... making the, the fart sound and put it to uh, yeah to the movie. More so... beans, Mister. Wish I had enough. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good, especially for you know something back in the day it was considered. That's one of the things they wanted to take out of this movie because they thought it was offensive. You know, and you look at, you know, our, our sense of humor today where you have sausage party and you can have donuts, fucking burritos and burritos, <laughs> you know, fucking milk cartons and shit. And now, I mean, fart, farting um, while eating beans around a campfire was frowned upon. <laughs> it's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, that was my, my gag um, of the subverses. So what was your what? Yeah. Fart gag got my third runner up for what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is my too. <laughs> All right. Do you want to explain what what the fuck is? What the f- is a is a moment during the movie, or you know, or behind the, the scenes, or behind the scenes, something where you just you know, literally you, you got to stop and think, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, that's that's our WTF. All right. So, what was yours? Uh, for, I'm going to first name my honorable mention. Uh, the honorable mention was Blazing Saddles. The, the ending of that in the studio lot just blew my fucking uh-huh. mind. Here they are in the old west, and you're kind of believing uh-huh. you know it's comedy. And out of nowhere, they're running into a fucking Hollywood studio doing a, a musical number. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, that kind of made me go, what the fuck? But uh, my award went to Young Which Frankenstein. Which dragged the concept of homophobia into the yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had to have the homophobia. They, they threw that in there. there with the racism just to make yeah. shit worse. <laughs> but my uh, What the Fuck Award does go to Young Frankenstein. Uh, you gotta remember, this guy, he didn't want to go do this. He didn't like his great-grandfather. Got into a train, traveled all the way, halfway across the world to a shitty, shitty part of the world, to I might add, Transylvania, uh-huh. Eastern Europe, and the first thing that happens, first thing, where he even gets off the fucking train, there's a boy standing on the platform and says, would you like a shine? <laughs> Which I found out was kind of a, you know, I don't know if anybody he does know pauses this, there for a minute. Is a kind of slang for a blowjob. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah, yeah. So this little boy pretty much, before he even gets off the train, you want a blowjob? <laughs> uh... No thanks. <laughs> That's hilarious. So that was my one thing. Like, travel wow. halfway across the world just to have a little boy asking me if he wants a blowjob. That or what is he thinks is, you know. 
That's funny. So that was my what the fuck. <laughs> that is good, man. I like that. <clears throat> All right, so you know what my my third runner-up was? It oh. might actually be my second, because I actually had a holy fucking shit moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> holy shit. And it, what the fuck to it, a new it's level. It's standard. It's just one of those things <laughs> you that You took I... that category to a whole nother level, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was... Uh, I actually said that to myself. Holy fucking shit. That's Gene Hackman. Gene yeah. Hackman was yeah. a Totally caught me off guard. I've seen this movie before. Uh-huh. Never put that to fucking wow. guy. He got that part because him and Gene Wilder were friends and tennis partners. Wow. So he got yeah, that. Yeah. Well, it was a holy fucking shit moment for me. Because <laughs> that's, I believe that's the same year he did The Conversation. Yeah. Which was a pretty high profile yeah, piece exactly. for him. Yeah. So yeah. He, yeah, he, he does The Blind Man in, uh, in this and then that. But my what the fuck actually goes to, and I thought this was... When I realized I was when I realized it, it was literally as I said, "What the fuck?" <clears throat> Madeline Kahn, right? Yeah. She plays Lily von Stoop, and she plays Elizabeth. And in both movies, she falls in love with a man because she fucks him and he has a big dick. <laughs> both movies. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that, that is that. her character trope for both of these that's films. Well, that's the one deleted scene in Blazing Saddles that uh, yeah. uh, Mel Brooks took out is uh, during the part where the lights go out and she goes, oh, it's true, it's true, and then nothing happens. But after she says that in the deleted scene, he goes, uh, you're sucking on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> and that's the oh, that's, that was the thing he chose to take out. Yeah, that of only everything. fucking thing. <laughs> that's funny. I just thought it was... It makes me wonder what was running through Mel Brooks' head when he's writing these. He's got this character. All she cares about is how big his dick is. Yeah. Wow, that is funny. Uh, My runner-up was, um, I guess, Mel Brooks and and, uh, Gene Wilder. All of them were sitting down um, having uh, lunch or dinner, and and John Wayne came into the set, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they asked John Wayne if he wanted to be the Waco Kid, okay? (laughs) Because they had a lot of problems. And this actually goes into my main what-the-fuck, because they had uh, some casting trouble with the Waco Kid. And uh, John Wayne, he, he read some of the script. He came back and he goes, you know, he goes, I cannot be a part of this kind of movie, but I'll be the first one in line to see it. <laughs> that cracked me up. But my uh, real what the fuck is, have you guys ever heard of a guy named Gig Young? Before we get too far off, uh-huh. I want to ask you, if they had casting trouble, how did Gene Wilder land that? Well, so here's place. this is my what the fuck. Yeah, okay, that's okay. a funny story actually. Yeah, so um, actually it's pretty sad at the end of it. Well. Um, Gig Young, um, he was a, an actor they brought in, and he was a real alcoholic. And you know that first scene where um, uh, we have a uh, Bart and he meets um, Gene Wilder, and he's yeah. hanging upside down. He actually filmed that scene. This guy named Gig Young. And uh, he actually started throwing up green shit all over the place. They had to call an ambulance, got him out of there, and they're like, what the fuck are we going to do now? And so they got a hold of Gene Wilder. He flew over through the weekend, started on work on Monday, right? Um, now, my what the fuck is, this guy was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He, he you know, got fired from the job. That brought in uh, Gene Wilder, who had the script to Young Frankenstein, okay? Because mm-hmm. this guy was an alcoholic, he brought the script to, to um, Brooks. He was like, hey, we got to make this our next film. Gig Young, his story ends with a bullet to his wife's head and one in his. What? I didn't know that. I yeah. even tried to sue Mel Jesus. Brooks yeah. for breach of contract. Yeah, and then after that he committed suicide and blew off his wife's head and then his. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so this oh, guy man. that was, uh, yeah, that's a that's a, quite the story. <laughs> yeah, you know, it from is. Him Fuck. getting fired to Gene Wilder walking on set with the script to Young Frankenstein and him going home oh, and man. blowing off his wife's head and his own too. So oh, yeah. what the fuck's a wash after that? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Isn't that nuts though? Uh, well, Good choice. I mean, it's terrible, uh-huh. obviously, but I I think it's interesting that that you 
something about the Waco kid, something about Gene Wilder's role in that, it felt tacked on to me. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. uh, when you mentioned the Waco kid earlier, there's there's some funny moments. I will never forget the. That's my shooting hand. Yeah, <laughs> but. He didn't do a lot in the, in the whole movie. He didn't get to talk a lot, and honestly, second act, he didn't, didn't he? show up till yeah. later in the movie. And when he was on screen, his jokes weren't very driven. They were, they were less pointed than just general conversation. Yeah. And he said something funny, you would laugh, and then it would move on. He wasn't a central character. He didn't have a lot of action. And, that, and you know what though? That's kind of like that's what I like about his character in this because he's more nuanced. It's a different Gene Wilder it than I think we've def- ever ever Gene received Wilder. before. So I thought, yeah, I really liked it, but... Um, Which doesn't invalidate the character. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, it, it is vastly different than what I'm used to. Yeah. And for me, it felt like he was an afterthought. Uh-huh. Like, the, the, the performance felt like an afterthought. And dude, I, you just reminded me, too, that I love that fucking line where he's like, well, what do you do for fun? And what does he say? He's like, he drinks alcohol. Is that what he's... No, he plays chess... And, and likes to have sex. He likes, to screw. <laughs> likes to screw. Well, let's, let's, play chess. let's go play chess. Let's play chess. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call you? Uh, my name is Jim. He's like, what do you say? He's like, uh, what are your friends? But some play? call me Jim. Uh, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that takes us to, um, let's see, best score or soundtrack. I went with Blazing Saddles on that one. The, the musical numbers were just good. I mean, there was some good music in Young Frankenstein, oh. good atmospheric music, but for me, it just. The, the soundtrack in Blazing Saddles just set the tone for it. It's hard not to pick Blazing Saddles yeah. because there were songs written just for it. Yeah. They're comedic. <clears throat> Mel Brooks doing his thing. But I also went with Young Frankenstein. Wow. And I did that because... This turned out to be a pretty good verses. <laughs> the violin was central you know to the character. <laughs> <clears throat> the violin was central to the character. And it, when you can incorporate music of the film into the way that it drives a character, I think that that's important. And then when you step away from that, the music, the actual score of it, it laced it all together. It mm-hmm. felt very Transylvania. Um, it was. I thought it was excellent, and I, I found it more moving than Blazing Saddle, which again was more frontal. It was more listen to the funny shit we're singing in this funny song that Mel Brooks wrote, which is great. I would probably have picked Robin Hood Men in Tights over either of these for soundtrack, <laughs> but uh, in this particular instance, I had to give it to Young Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, dude, I love the Blazing Saddles um, soundtrack. Um, what I love about like the the main theme for Blazing Saddles is a straight up good Western song. Yeah, it like is. Th- there's not even any riffing. Blazing in that. Saddles. Yeah, and it's it's talking about his whole hero's journey in that song. There's nothing yeah. funny in it. It's a, it's a legitimate Western song. Um, and then I got to, I was able to see Blazing Saddle in the theater, which was really cool last week. I was downtown playing at the uh, Long Center. <laughs> And uh, it's been 15 years since I've watched either one of these movies. I don't even know if I've watched either one of these movies. Did since that count I... as your rewatch? That was my rewatch. Yeah, that was my <laughs> rewatch. And uh, so then when I was watching this... Call I'm... that an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> what really sucked me into this movie, though, was the first, the uh, the sing-off between the Cowboys and between um, the, the row, row the slaves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, the Camp Town Ladies. Yeah. I love that scene. And then when they the, the cowboys started going to Camp Town Ladies. And they're just like, all their arms are moving all around. Like, this is some funny shit, man. What in the wide wild sports of the fucking <laughs> After they sing um, Swing High, Swing Low, and they're like, what the shit was that? You know? So uh, that sucked me in. And then I think it's a really good skit. Um, 
that song I'm tired or so tired, you know, like I think that was a really good skit where she's singing to the Cowboys about being tired and the guys are coming and going and coming, you know, but <laughs> just 10 gallon hat or you just enjoy yeah, it. I thought her, her performance there was awesome. And then, uh, yeah, just that the, the score in general was, it was really good. I really appreciate it. So I went with the blazing saddles, uh, best quote. Uh, my best quote comes from blazing saddles. <laughs> Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. Dude, that was funny. <laughs> just out of nowhere, because, like, you know, Mongo's coming through. They're sitting in the bar. I can't remember what they were <laughs> yeah. talking about. But so he's just, funny. like, real serious, and also he just stops. Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my notes for... We're talking uh, about uh, uh, vaccinations <laughs> in Italy. They were they were talking about vaccinations. It's so funny. Vaccination, yeah, uh, Louis Pasteur. As a yeah, vaccination for uh, <laughs> never mind that shit. Here comes <laughs> for anthrax. Dude, that's so that funny. Shit. That's actually in my uh, in my my runner ups, uh, dude. That was so funny. I love that. What was in? Was this the hardest? One of the hardest for you? Yes, was. This was so hard, dude. Because yeah, what so day you asked quotes me. And oh my god! No matter which way you go, I mean they're filled with great yeah. fucking quotes. Any give any runner ups? One or two. Uh, none that I wrote down. <laughs> oh man, that's a good one though. That's that's so funny. That cracks me up. <laughs> I watched it twice actually. I watched it at the theater and then I watched it at home. So, uh, what's your quote? You've already mentioned two of them actually. Uh, oh, I mentioned one. You mentioned one. Um, these are runner-ups. Well, my name is Jim, but most people call me Jim. <laughs> and then uh, the the gag about see that hand steady as a rock. This is one I shoot with. <laughs> I had a laugh out loud moment. I had a lot of runner ups on quotes. Sorry. Oh man, they're so good. <laughs> when the fucking I preacher, write them all down. I just couldn't. When the preacher's <laughs> up there at the the pulpit, and he's going over. Like I don't need to explain to you what's been happening. The sheriff's been murdered. Crops burned. Stores looted. People stampeded. And cattle raped. <laughs> That's so funny. I lost my shit. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Duck. but hands down, <laughs> Blazing Saddles was. The funnier of these movies, yeah, <clears throat> hands down. There's, there's no question about that. <clears throat> but uh, the, the one that stand, stood out the most to me was, <laughs> hey, where the white woman at? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah, how many movies had had a black man dressed in a Klan suit? Too? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Not too many. <laughs> <laughs> Where are white women at? <laughs> a few of my runner-ups. Um, that your um, never mind that shit. That's Mongo. That cracked me up. That was in my runner-ups. Um, excuse me, why I whipped this out? <laughs> that was so funny. They said you was hung. And they were right. right. And, dude, I love the scene where he goes, uh, "We're gonna pull a number six on him. <laughs> goes, we're gonna go ride in a wampum." He's like, "We're gonna raise like you gotta spare the women." He's like, "Whoa, we're gonna rape the shit out of him." <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up, and then there's another one. I'll give one more runner-up. Um, he goes, uh, they're trying to get a bunch of bandits to go in, <clears throat> into the town, and then one of the bandits says rape twice, and he goes, you said rape twice, and he goes, I know, I like rape. He goes, okay, marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. You're in. My favorite, though, was, uh, I now this there's much better quotes probably, but this is in my head, and I've been saying it ever <laughs> since, watching Blazing Saddles. Every day, I think I've said this for the last week and a half, okay? Uh, Lily Von Stepp whispers something into Bart's ear, and Bart gets up after their, their long night of sex, right? And he goes, please, baby, I'm not from Havana. <laughs> so what the fuck does that mean? I saw, like, my, uh, my boss was telling me something today, and I was like, 
You know, it's like, man, I go, I'm not from Havana. I just, I say that all the time. I fucking love it. I want a t-shirt now that says, please, baby, I'm not from Havana. <laughs> Blazing Saddles is by far the more quotable movie. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, Hedley Lamar has them all lined up, too, I got to... He, 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 uh, they're dressed in the clan outfits and he gets up there and he, <laughs> he's like stampeding cattle for stampeding cattle through the Vatican. <laughs> kinky. Kinky. Sign here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinky. That's, that's so like awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that takes us to best screenplay. For me, uh, Young Frankenstein. Go. Hands, uh, to me, it was just... It, Blades of Saddles was well written. It, it was, you know, just well Punchlines. Well yeah, exactly. All it was was just... Slapstick, punchline. Uh, Young Frankenstein, to me, was much more complex. Seemed like a lot more thought went into it. A lot more, you know, deeper emotions went in through it. It was just a, a more complicated movie, and I, and I liked that better about it. Okay. Young Frankenstein. All okay. the reasons he just said. Okay. Uh, any, any more comments on that? Or... <clears throat> oh, I've already commented. Uh, early. It, it, it feels deeper. It, it feels... More complex, exactly. exactly like you said. The characters feel more real, for, more fully realized, mm-hmm. and more importantly, and for me, we didn't go fucking meta with it, <clears throat> and maybe that works um, in all of Mel Brooks's other movies, but I love the fact that he didn't do that in this one. Yeah. We don't see any cameramen. We don't see any fucking booms. Yeah, uh, or Wilder windows actually... getting smashed. I was afraid. I was like, please don't do it. Yeah, in yeah. the beginning, when they're coming in on the castle from the courtyard... And he was going towards that window. I'm like, don't fucking do it. Yep. And it yep. cut to the clock inside. I was like, oh, thank God. They actually <laughs> talked Gene Wilder, out, or um, Mel Brooks, um, out of having a cameo in Yeah, in Gene Wilder said, I will not do this movie if you have a cameo in it. Yeah. And Mel Brooks kind of had, his voice had cameos wow. in it. but I'm appreciative of that, too. I love Mel Brooks. <laughs> he has his style. But I think that's one thing that made... Young Frankenstein able to shine. Yeah, is it was kept that little bit real, and the humor because of that had a, a just a different tone to it than yeah, everything really. else that I've seen Mel Brooks. See, do. oh man, so this is one we're all gonna like. I'm gonna have to walk away from this. T- no, I'm <laughs> so this is. I think you guys are un- underselling uh, Blazing Saddles, man. Gene Wilder actually said, you know, they they took uh, they they smashed racism in the face. Um, but they're doing it. It was bold. While yeah. you laugh, you yeah. know. And uh, Mel Brooks wrote this because of, of his anger towards white corruption and Bible thumping bigotry and racism in general, just uh, from having that racial prejudice. And uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, um, Mel Brooks actually was uh, given an award from Barack Obama, you know, and it was really interesting. And he was talking about, well, no, it's it's a big deal. You have this black sheriff, you know, who has to save a town. And yeah. now we have a black president, and with that came a lot of baggage, and it, a lot of racism reared its head back in our country because of him becoming president. And it was really cool to have this sit-down with him and Mel Brooks and give an award and being like, you know, he said he watched it when he was like 14. Yeah, you know, he watched it when he was 14, stuck into the theater. But um, for our country in general, when this came out, it's racist but it's racist towards everybody. Yeah. Like, it pulls no punches. It pulls yeah. no punches. I mean, white people look fucking stupid, okay? The smartest <laughs> person in this movie is a black guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and I think that uh, it's to have something that... Uh, there's a meme going around right now. I think I'm going to make it one of our variants for our episode pick. But it, it's um, actually Waco and Bart. And it says, when can we get back to just being offensive, okay? <laughs> because people are so sensitive. And yeah. I think this actually tore down... You know those barriers, and we're able to just sit back and laugh at each other, yeah, with each other. I like and that. Uh, there's something really special too about uh, this script when he wrote it. 
um, Mel Brooks put a huge sign up uh, and it says, please do not write a polite script, <laughs> okay? <laughs> he could do whatever he wanted with this script and I, I have to give him some respect for that too because there was many times when studio executives walked by and they walked in the elevator and they're like, hey, you need to take a couple things out. But since he went through a lot of shit with the producers a couple years previously, he had final cut. So they couldn't tell him shit. It was in his fucking contract. And he kept on telling people, yeah, I'll, yeah. Take, I'll take some stuff out. And he never did. I think that's ballsy to, to go as far as he did. Can you imagine with this watered down, if we lost the fart scene, if we lost you know, um, him using the N-word so much? Um, Cleveland Little, um, Cleavon Little, and uh, Richard Pryor, which was a big push for this movie, were both like you know supportive of him being so racial. Yeah, They're yeah. like, this is this is funny shit, you know. And for him to to keep that screenplay so raunchy, you know, and so <laughs> not really raunchy, but just so racial tensions, and and I, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot to say about uh, um, just our culture in general in this movie. And I think that the the cultural potency that you're talking about is relevant, but <clears throat> it's easy to do, maybe not at that time, uh-huh. but it's easy to have a conviction and stick to it that that doesn't necessarily make the story good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the one-liners are great. The, the humor tied to racism is spot on. All that stuff's effective. But you could dissect that and pull that out in little parts that can be turned into internet memes nowadays, whereas Young Frankenstein is a cohesive movie. Well, see, and then I would say also that we get so lost in the the racism and the the quick one-liners that we forget that he's also deconstructing the Western genre pretty well. And he he does, yeah. Yeah, so I think think there's a lot here for multiple viewings for you to attach yourself to. You know, even if you look just at the hero's journey from... Uh, Bart's viewpoint, but anyway, I think there's I think there's a lot to talk about. Do you think this movie could still be made today? No, absolutely not. People would riot. Yeah, Are you kidding? I mean, it, it, anymore anybody disagrees with anybody, no matter which left, right, whatever. People yes. get fucked up. This movie could be made today. <laughs> really, I think but it, it would, would not be, be made. Boom. On a lot. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You know, and I, I was thinking about this today because that's a hard question. I probably would have said no until like I don't, have you guys watched Sausage Party? I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, dude, that third act, I'm not and I'm not saying this lightly, it's probably now it's not racist. I mean it has a couple things, but it's man, they throw the last fifteen minutes of this movie is literally fifteen ten to ten minutes of donuts, fucking anal beads, um, <laughs> blowjobs. Um, douche. I mean, it's it's the it's the craziest shit. I, it's a huge supermarket orgy, and they pull no punches. And I'm like, wow, if they can make an animated movie like that, maybe they could make a more racial. But, but to me, the timing is horrible right uh-huh. now. Like I said, people are just so touchy one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I, the theater might get burned down, you know, or blown up, or or you know, the, the director would. You know, so no matter which way he went, he'd I be call that progress. Yeah. <laughs> but with, with that with that screenplay, just be able to sit back and laugh at each other. When we went to the theater, there was black, there was white, and there was no fist fights. You know, it actually brought everybody together, and everyone was laughing. You know, it's too risky, I think, right now. Yeah, probably. But I really respected this screenplay. And I, again, I haven't watched this for 15, 20 years, and I was yeah. wow, I was, I was really like kind of shocked, especially when you have the when this movie is so racy, but then you have the outcome of the white. And the black guy becoming best friends and riding off into the sunset. It'd be amazing if you could do it today. But one of them got paid more than the other one, though. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's goddamn racist. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good time to uh, point out, though, that 
by no means do my particular nominations mean that I did not like Blazing Saddles. Exactly. Same because here. Blazing Saddles is terrific. <clears throat> I just, when I compare them based upon this list of awards, one of them's coming out ahead. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I try and validate that, but Blazing Saddles is still a, a landmark in and comedy. I, I'm agreeing with Josh <clears throat> right there. Yeah. And yeah, when we get deeper into this list for Young Frankenstein, that was the movie where <clears throat> I came home and I, I popped in. I was excited, man, because I just came off Blazing Saddles. I was checking my watch. I did not. Now I am not. I don't know if this. I, I don't know if this is a big reason for it too. But I'm not a big. When we did our Universal marathon, yeah, I'm not a big Universal guy. There's only one old school Universal movie I like, and that is Invisible Man, which I completely respect. That, <clears throat> but Frankenstein, I think, is one of the biggest pieces of shit. Now I do respect it on a technical level, what it done for monster movies, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But it's not my movie. I don't think there's any energy in it. I hate just there's some dumb shit in my opinion. So I don't know if that's attached to this. But I, I well no, because I don't even think the jokes landed. Like, I love the jokes in Blazing Saddles. I think they're a mile a minute, but I think they're they're um, there's a lot of quality fucking jokes. Young Frankenstein, I did not laugh. I was ready oh, for really? young. Oh, I absolutely. I, yeah, I was oh, ready. I, I'm about to piss myself, but man. It, it really? is a different type of comedy. It is. It's a more it is. subdued type of comedy. Blazing uh, Saddles is more slapstick. Yeah, you know, which was good, but just. This is surprising me. And Young Frankenstein is constructed. You have a scene where things that are said in the beginning relate to things towards the end of it, and Mm -hmm. you've got everybody in the background doing their thing, and it all just comes together. It's a well-constructed moment-to-moment film uh, with with jokes that just span the moment. And some of the setups are really long, no doubt about it, whereas Blazing Saddles is... And I want to talk about something real quick before we get into our next category. Um, Again, you were texting me all week trying to figure out which way I was going. And he goes, the only thing we allowed each other to say Mm -hmm. was Wayne was like, I have this many idols for one and this many for the other. Not not which movie, but... There's a there's the a definite landslide, you know. Uh, one movie's getting more idols. I was like, me too, and so we thought we were on the same page. Yeah. And then you text me today, or you text the group, and you're like, well, should we even do this conversation today? Because I think it's going to be one way. And tonight it's not. It's kind of all over the place. See, and my- that's what I I uh, found to be also when I was asking people for the last week and a half, two weeks, what they thought. And before this won't go up for two weeks, um, I'm going to do a poll. Before we put this up, you know, I'd like a couple to see days, that, just yeah. to see what people say. But yeah, this is very interesting. How we all because they're, they're completely this is different the movies. One time, I, I honestly, I, I don't know if it's because I grew up with you or uh, what, but I always seem to know or have a general idea which way you're gonna go. Yeah, don't have to talk to you. Nothing. I just know. Yeah. This one, I was just like, oh fuck. Well, what's he gonna? You know, this is a testament to Mel Brooks, yeah, uh, as well, because these were both done in the same year, mm-hmm. and they're both vastly different. They are, and they're both in the top 100. Best comedies of all well, they, time. They're so that, both that, great that's comedies, a, but that's intense. I mean, that's a lot to take in. So, <clears throat> well, I wouldn't but, even put that in in the top one hundred. I wouldn't. I don't even <laughs> want it on my shelf. So, <laughs> I was not, I was not a big fan of Young Frankenstein. But you know, with you guys, I know you guys are both horror fans. So I was like, are they gonna go? Since this is a comedy horror comedy, are they gonna go that route? But then, you know, I know that we all have you know some pretty. You know, raunchy. Raunchy humor, especially you. You know, oh, yeah. Where we, our humor really lines up. So I was telling some guys, I was like, well, Wayne is, he likes horror movies, but he also likes this raunchy comedy. So I have no idea which way he's going to go with this. I you know? Uh, Young Frankenstein was always just, for me, one step ahead yep, of Blazing absolutely. Saddles. I, I love Blazing Saddles. I will not put it down in any way, shape, or form. But as far as, you know, votes and awards, Young Frankenstein was just that, that baby step ahead. I, 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 
fucking hate Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they do things. Yeah. I fucking hate them. I, but I these, the two scores that they gave these, quite possibly. Yeah, what were the... Uh, was it 93? 90, 90 to 93. 90 to okay, so this 93 is the one for time, Young Frankenstein? Yeah, and okay. this is the one time I will that I know of I will agree with Rotten Tomatoes uh, scores. It's it's funny, dude. You're going you're gonna to push this on me. So... I'm, I've been having this idea because everyone, I, I think Rotten Tomatoes more than not gets I it right. Plan B. It's a good I think it's a good gauge. I think it's a good gauge. And I'm going to prove that to people by asking them questions, what movie's better, and seeing if if they agree with Rotten Tomatoes. But um, yeah, that's still 90, 90%, 93%. That's pretty fucking close. And so they're saying Young Frankenstein's better, right? Yeah. Now, but if you look at AFI, they're saying that's a stronger, Blazing Saddles a stronger comedy by a couple. And it is. It's a funnier movie. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, yeah, it just, it's all over the place. It's, it's a really interesting conversation to verse <clears throat> these two for our first verses. But, all right, let's get into <clears throat> best cinematography. When you're talking about, and I don't want to get off too far here, um, we're now getting into the technical stuff of this, yeah. this these films. <clears throat> when you're talking about this specific list, I don't think there was any way that Young Frankenstein's not going to come out ahead because it's yeah. technically a better movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, you say that, Blazing but then... Saddles is the better comedy. Yeah. But Young Frankenstein took cinematography into account, oh, yeah, whereas Blazing well. Saddles, we want to go onto a movie set and fuck cinematography. Yeah. We're going to look at the the set where we're filming this movie and we're going to include it as part of the element of the film. So, how do you even compare those? See, to me, Blazing Saddles was out. a great <laughs> dick and fart joke movie uh-huh. that just happened to have a, a racy for its time. It was just one step above uh-huh. the rest. Yeah, see, and that's where I think that you guys are underselling it just a little bit. I think there's so much commentary there that rears our heads, you know, and I think that it really shines a light on how, I think, as Americans, most people want to interact with each other. And, you know, I, I, that's dark. But I think it is, you know? You want to walk down the street saying the N-word? No, not at all. (laughs) Do you? No, no I don't. (laughs) That's how they interact with each other in Blazing Saddles, Brad. No, but I'm saying that's... you want to rape cattle, Brad? (laughs) It was funny. um, A lot of white actors came up and they they told Cleavon Little and uh, I think it was Richard Pryor when he was writing because he wrote the first draft of Blazing Saddles. He stepped out and then I think they wrote three more, you know, drafts. But um, with Richard Pryor, you know, or Cleavon Little, they're like, man, I don't want to say the N-word to you. You're a really cool guy. (laughs) You're a really cool dude. He's like, dude, He's it's like, your character, it's, not you. Yeah, it's like, I, is that, yeah, that's what he says. Like, that's not coming from your heart, you know. But um, there is a lot of racism in America, though, you know, on every every side of the fence. You know, there really is. And um, I think that this movie really kind of shines a light on that. And I think it's important. I think it does film. it well, but I don't think that that makes it sore. Well, here's, I think that means that it did that element of what it was trying to do well. Well, here's what I say. Okay, and I, you'll probably disagree with me on this. Um, Ryan Smith and I had a huge conversation when Django came out. This was before AV, you know. And we had this huge conversation. Which movie inspires a better conversation about racism? Django? Or um, what's the movie with... Um, uh, what's his name? You tell um, Edge of War? Where it's... Um, oh, fuck. What was it? Black Belt. Black belt, no. Red belt, <laughs> red belt. That's no, um, shit, it's escaping me right now. Oh, you, uh, Twelve Years a Slave. Twelve Years a Slave. So, which movie inspires a better conversation about racism? Um, Twelve Years a Slave is very hallmarky. Yeah. You know, it's very Oscar. You know, kind of baitish. 
Um, no jokes. It's straight slavery, you know. Um, Django has a little tongue-in-cheek. There's a little bit of humor in there. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Ryan was agreeing with me on this. You walk out of the theater, and I think that you're able to have a deeper conversation because it's not as intense. You know, you come out and you, you want to talk about it a little bit more. At least that's how <clears> I saw it. So I think you, you can actually use Blazing Saddles as a tool to confront Which racism. one did you say? Django. You think gave the better conversation? Django. Okay, so I would disagree with you. Okay, I yeah. figured you would. <clears throat> uh, I, 12 Years a Slave provides the opportunity for, in the face of terrible racism and, and discrimination, to see a man main, maintain the purity of heart. Uh-huh. <clears throat> sends a much stronger message to me but than I've... blatant just disrespect for the... And it's on both yeah, yeah, sides. Yeah. You know, uh, to... To call somebody that, and they both throw those racial slurs back and forth at each other, I don't think that you learn a lot from giving in. Yeah, and see, that's where I would disagree, because I think when you walk out of the theater, like Wayne, I think if you walked out of the theater 12 Years a Slave, you'd be like, get me the fuck out of here, because America has a deep, dark history, and I just need to get my fucking car and go home, because <laughs> I'm a white man. <laughs> okay? I'm white, get me out of here! <laughs> I think with Django... Would it you, is dark. Would but you put off watching Holocaust movies for that same reason? Then, um, for instance, the Pianist, like is, Schindler's List. Pianist is a fantastic yeah. movie. Schindler's List is a yeah, fantastic yeah. movie. You're you're presented with the harsh truth yeah. of what it is, not because you they want to make you feel depressed, but because that cre- it has an impact on you that makes you never forget. Yeah, I think I think why yeah, we need to never forget. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's definitely that impact, and I think that we would also agree that when you're watching something like Django, it gets very dark. I mean, there's a yeah. guy being eaten alive by a dog, you know, and then um, the slaves t- uh, turn on their their you know quote yeah. unquote master, and so they're and kill him. Yeah, and there's there's some gruesome stuff in there where you walk out and you're like, yeah, our history's dark, but I think it it opens up conversation a little bit better because it's like you're in yeah. a more laid back environment so when you walk out you're like wow that that did suck let's let's have a conversation about this you know i, I don't know i think it's yeah. easier to have a conversation with something that has a little bit of humor in it uh the movie i think of dark, it's a dark when i think of having a conversation about racism would be american history x just because that shows both sides it shows hatred on both sides uh-huh. you know what i mean you don't and you don't have to be a a nazi or that know, is a, a thug damn good movie or so exactly it is you know what i mean you don't have to be any you can be from any level of society <laughs> Watch that movie, you know, and no matter what color you are or your position in life or whatever, you can have just a terrific uh, conversation about racism, where it's came from uh-huh. and, where, and where it is. Civic responsibility, yeah. rights to free speech, that movie covers it all. It does. It's, it's <clears throat> everywhere. I, I th- so with just ending on my part, I think Blazing Saddles can inspire a deep and intellectual conversation about racism just as much as something like 12 Years a Slave. That's what I'm gonna in my part. <laughs> so, <laughs> best cinematography. I'd go with Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of bummed out now. <laughs> no, I did the same uh, for cinematography. Young Frankenstein. The um, it was so much like seriously. Blazing Saddles. Oh, let's shoot this in the desert, not a Hollywood lot. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Mel. <laughs> you legitimately. It was not taken. Seriously, in that way, I mean, yeah. their framing uh, framing of shots in Young Frankenstein is considered, whereas in Blazing Saddles, it's standard. And let's zoom out and see the the yeah. fox lot or whatever it was. I mean, there's 
There's no comparison for me. Is that Warner Brothers? Yeah, Warner Brothers. There's no comparison for me between these two. Yeah, movies, exactly. So. This is one of the yeah. few awards where it was like, yeah. And don't let, I don't want that to that that scene that I mentioned earlier where after they exhumed the body, they're wheeling the cart down the road. The shot framing was gorgeous. I yeah, mean, it was. Yeah. It, it, it's just one of the the, the train scene, which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he's leaving, um, I don't remember where he lives, but when he's leaving and they're on the the platform and she's like, "Oh, nails, hair." Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a that was a great <laughs> gag, and that that's that's another example of just long winded humor uh-huh. that is funny. In mm-hmm. steps, but that shot with the steam coming off the train behind them and yeah, the long beautiful. shot, it's gorgeous. Yeah. There's so much of that in Young Frankenstein yeah. worth mentioning. Yeah. So I went with Blazing Set. No, <laughs> <laughs> I went with Young Frankenstein. I mean, keeping true to the original, like, universal classics, <clears throat> that black and white, it gave it a true, you know, um, <clears throat> core comedy tone. You know, I, I thought it was beautiful. And then it's just a ballsy fucking move. A couple years removed from, you know, black and white, 1974, to want to go back to black and white, you know? And uh, I think he had a, he was with Columbia Pictures, and then they opposed the black and white, and then he went to 20th Century Fox, and 20th Century Fox was like, okay, we'll let you do it, but he was like, Peru, Peru just got color. Okay. And, and, well, good for Peru, motherfucker. And so we're gonna we're gonna make two versions of the movie: one in color, one in black and white. And it takes a ballsy move to be like, no, we're gonna stick to our guns because you're gonna fuck me. Here's what's gonna happen: we're gonna do it in black and white in color. You're gonna keep the color, and that's what you're gonna show in the theaters. And yeah. I don't get my black and white movie, and that takes away from the art of this movie. You know, because um, and that that that's what the driving factor of that was. He wanted to prove that black and white can still be funny. Yeah. He wanted to prove that he could do it. Yeah. Is there is there a color version? Not that Did I'm anybody, aware of. Because on the back of my DVD case, because on the back of mine as well is uh, color. The J card on my steelbook that I bought had color pictures. Yeah, and I, I asked my wife. I was like, "Wow, is this?" Because I thought this was in black and white. And on yeah. the back of my disc, it says the runtime, and it says B and W, right? Black and white. But then the screenshots were a color, and I was like, "Wow, this is." But there's then I'm more watching, than one movie that's done that though. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my old, uh, I got a old uh, '70s grindhouse movies on DVD, and a lot of the pictures on the back will show color. Yeah, I wonder when that was done. Then, if I wonder if that was like post release, because he said no to the studio, so this must have been a distribution thing later on down the road. I'm but, guessing it was. But yeah, but looking at those thumbnails on the back, well, on the back of my VHS, it's black and white. Really, I have it on tape. Well, lo- looking at those <laughs> thumbnails. <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking at those thumbnails, the movie isn't as pretty, you know, when it's not in black and white. And then yeah. you watch it in black and white, just like you said, the steam coming off the train. I would mean, have been far less potent. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful movie. That's, yeah. So that's where mine went as well. But just sticking to to his guns and being like, no, we're going to film this in black and white. I have again, a lot of respect for it. To be able to have that conversation about a comedy is a rare thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, that's not something that's often taken into consideration. And he went that extra mile. And I, you guys had mentioned earlier, I believe, that uh, uh, Gene Wilder did not want Mel Brooks to to cameo in the movie. I think that's an important part of it, too, because it kept it more grounded and allowed for that type of atmosphere to be approached and, and captured. Mm-hmm. So it was different for Mel Brooks, and I think he nailed it. I think he did. I'm with you on that. All right, so this next one here is, I thought was a thin category. We'll see what you guys think. Yeah. But this was my thinnest category out of all of them. It's Best Supporting Actress. Where did you go in? Honestly, I went with Terry Garr as Inga. Uh, She was always there, and she was great. I mean, she kind of played this ditzy, Uh blonde-type character, and I loved her in it. Like I said, there weren't a lot of strong female roles in either one of these movies, really. 
but uh, she played well with Gene Wilder. When they were on the scene together, you were very well aware of her character, and you got some great laughs in there. So I, to me, it was just, you know, hands down, Terry Gar. Okay. I run into this problem a lot when I'm coming up with the uh, my answers to these awards. It's hard to distinguish between supporting actress yeah. and actress, mm-hmm. just because, for the most part, women are relegated to supporting actress roles. Uh, it's a terrible truth. But <clears throat> this particular one, I went with Frau Blucher, Cloris Leachman, mm-hmm. and I did that because I thought she fit the supporting role yeah. more. She played the housekeeper of the She castle. wasn't really on screen a lot, but when she was, it was, oh, man, oh, fucking yeah. walk up the staircase with a violin. Yes! Or, what, you, I don't yes! know if you noticed this, but she says, uh, Careful, watch your step. The staircase can be treacherous. Those candles aren't lit. Aren't lit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. But she, she kept talking to she kept talking to Victor. Um, she, uh, Gene Wilder, Doctor Frankenstein sees her kiss. Uh, Baron von Frankenstein's uh, yeah. picture. In the <laughs> yeah. uh, she's the one that's downstairs playing. Yeah. The, I mean, she literally supported. Yeah. The older yeah, version yeah. of Frankenstein being an influence on him. So I mean, in a literal sense, for me, there's no other choice. And uh, when they were walking into the castle, he <laughs> he uh, he first shows up and she, she's introduced and they say Frau Bluka for the yeah. first time the horse is Winnie. You know she's like completely in character. You uh, think, wow, she's not to be trusted. And then towards the end of that same scene, yeah. it said the last time, and you see a look on her face like. I really hate that everybody thinks I'm this evil. <laughs> like it's just plastered yeah. on her face. I thought that was. Oh, great. her and the, the doctor, uh, when she uh, takes him to his room for the first time, she's like, "Would you like a glass of milk?" He's like, "No." She keeps offering him a drink. Ovaltine. <laughs> Ovaltine. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, hands down for me, Cloris uh, uh, Lee. Yeah, this was the give me uh, uh, out of all these categories, and I gave it to Cloris as well. Um, I wasn't as impressed as you were, but for all the reasons you said, is why she, gave, you know, I gave it to her. But this was my thinnest category. So, mm-hmm. yep, Cloris Leachman, um, best supporting actor. Where'd you go? Oh, Marty Feldman, Zygor. Okay. That was so fucking easy. It just—he was such a great actor in this. So much fun. And like I said, uh, him and Gene Wilder. I, you know, honestly, I don't think Gene Wilder's performance would have been as good without Marty Feldman in there. The definition of supporting actor. Exactly. He See, his his humor. Every line. And this might just, I mean, <clears throat> when you're talking about uh, films in general and, and how movies can be, uh, like, we can have different tastes. When we go to see an action movie, we kind of want to see the same thing. It's a guy fucking yeah. blowing shit up. We kind of will all more than likely agree on what kind of action we want to see. But when it comes to comedy... There's so many there's, different little... There's so many different yeah. kinds, like, sub-genres of comedy. Or, or This is more classic, and that's not my style, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of like the Abbott Costello kind of comedy, you know, yeah. and this was very um, just classic comedy. And I didn't even wasn't even really impressed with with uh, Marty Feldman, you know, um, as I go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just wasn't. But um, they're going through the heads. Yeah, he's he there. Got no he does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that stuff right there. I was like, what the fuck? And he says, uh, Gene Wilder says to him. <laughs> <laughs> he one of them whipped out his dick and hit Gene Wilder in the knee with it or something. But I, I just that that that's a that's an example of a great moment though when they're spanning the heads and he does that little song yeah. and then he says, 
Igor, and he says Frederick. Yeah. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. It, yeah. yeah. Igor, it, so many tiny little plants like that that I thought were perfect. Yeah, there, castle. Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. I thought you no, wanted to. No. no. I'm fine. Exactly. <laughs> so that's where you went, Igor? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mar- Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman, is that his name? Yes. Martin Feldman. Um, I went, let me read a quote to where I, where I went, okay? So this is from um, my best supporting actor. Uh, men, you are about to embark on a great crusade. Now you men will only be risking your lives while I will be risking an almost certain Academy Award nomination for best supporting actor. I went with Harvey Corman, <laughs> Hedley Lamar. <laughs> and your 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 hero, your villain, your hero is only as good as your villain. Okay? And I'm always saying make your villain as bad as you can, your hero will shine. And Hedley Lamar, Harvey Corman, he's such an ass <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> he is. And I, I love every moment he's on screen. My best duo was Hedley and, you know, yeah. Taggart. And so that's uh, why I gave him best villain too. I mean he's uh, just yeah, spot yeah. on. So um I I'm going to give him his goddamn Best Supporting Actor for being such a dick. <laughs> I loved him, though. He he was... Uh, and I I haven't seen him that much, either. Wasn't he on, like, the Carol Burnett, Burnett show or something? Yes, he was. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a lot of movies. And I think this is another thing that's so um, special about Blazing Saddles. Well, he was in uh, another Mel Brooks movie, uh, High Anxiety, too. Was he really? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I loved his performance, and I thought he was, like... I love the mustache-curling villain. Yeah. But that's... And that's classic humor, too, though. But for some reason, I'd really enjoy him in this. Maybe because it's so balls out humor dick and fart jokes you know but he's he's such an asshole <laughs> i loved him right. um okay let's go to best um su- best actress uh again i went with young, young frankenstein i went with so this is like best madeline Kahn, isn't it it is yeah. it is I, I chose her as elizabeth i mean she wasn't a huge screen presence at all and that's either mm-hmm. but she was just so good she played it off so and she changed real quick you know, after getting a huge cock. <laughs> just, <laughs> she was just real prude. Oh, don't touch this. You don't chose her that. over Lily Von Stoop. Yes, I did, just because that was fucking stupid. <laughs> just, <Man>. That's <laughs> great acting. No, it's not. We'll get there. We'll you get know, there. you say the German accent. And what, is she, what is she doing this? You say she has a German accent. In that movie, she's like, oh, don't kiss me on the face. Don't don't put your tongue in my mouth. Don't do that. Like, yeah, it's just fucking bit. annoying. It's, it's a prudish thing. I thought it was funny. Did yeah, I didn't see. I didn't care I, for that, that humor. That, 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 and then uh, she changed after getting that humor. The platform you know. scene, I thought that every single one of those jokes landed mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, for her character. Oh, and then yeah. she obviously didn't show up until the very end, so she's... Yeah, and then her her uh, role in Blazing Saddles was just so... No thought put into it whatsoever. Oh, um, see, I disagree. Little, I said, and like I said, it was funny. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not going to put Blazing well, Saddles What, what I love about like, her character in this movie is like, she's... Like that song, I'm tired of people coming and going, and you know she doesn't even like having... <laughs> Uh, there's no romance, there's no adventure, and she's just kind of bummed out. But then she meets and then she a gets black a big character. Yeah. No, no, but she meets this guy who t- totally changes her opinion. Yeah, kind of the same. But <laughs> so where are you going with this? <laughs> I'll get to mine because she changes. Mine will, yeah, mine will come up after Joshua. So it, you went with yeah, I did, I did with the wrong answer. So <laughs> no. no, I went with uh, I actually went a different way, only because of screen presence. Yeah. Um, I agree with you a little bit in uh, Madeline Kahn not being in the movie enough for me to give her actor. Uh-huh. Uh, but I definitely thought that Terry Gar did better in Young mm-hmm. Frankenstein than she did than Madeline Kahn did in Blazing Saddles. So again, a thin category uh-huh. to choose from. But I went with Terry Gar because I thought she also 
was an effective element to uh, Frankenstein's character and, you know, the evolution that they went through. Yeah. Uh, so She did like the dick, though. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. Oh, yeah. We'll go with her. Whether it's the black dude's cock or Frankenstein's. <laughs> Monsters she liked the dick. black, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I got you. <laughs> no, she got <laughs> Yeah, that, that year, 1974, uh, was uh, rolls of substance for uh, her. Dude, for her, her substance. Yeah. What, she nice is, what she is doing in Blazing Saddles with the lisp is so funny. And then with that song that she's singing... Just, okay, was if, it a lisp or a German accent botch? It, it was, I think it was a German accent with a lisp. Okay. And that's that's pretty... We'll call it that's that giving her make too it much credit. I think it's entertaining, <laughs> but her song, uh, I'm So Tired, is so brilliantly acted. Like, there's jokes in there. There's that scene where, I don't even know if it was meant to be missed, but she's, like, getting ready to lean over, and she misses, and she's just, like... Goes. I did. I didn't catch that. And See, I me, feel like that would have been cliche. You know, really? she's some pretty much just. Uh, if it was cliche, where did you see it last? Okay, you got some prostitute you see it who's tired of men. So where'd you see it last? <laughs> cliche. See it all the fucking time. I'm not saying musical, <laughs> but I'm saying a prostitute who's tired uh, of of men until she meets a huge cock. Okay. Well, I thought it was. Fantastic, and I'm basing it off of her performance on the stage, singing a song, and you know, interacting with the crowd. Yeah. And she was, she brought that movie a spark. I thought um, when it needed to. I will say that I think her character arc is fuller. All right, in Young Frankenstein, but I'm not entertained by her performance in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, she so, just disappeared in Blazing Saddles. Exactly. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She did. So I think her character arc is better in Young Frankenstein. But I will take the beats that she gives me and her performance. Um, over you know a longer you know um, running time on screen. I gotcha. Yeah. So for that reason, Terry Gar got mine for that same reason because yeah. there is a completeness to what's being told on yeah. screen. I thought Gar disappeared. I thought Gar came off pretty basic though. <laughs> I don't know when she did. I'll agree with you on that. But all yeah. in all, I think she came off like I said when she was with Gene Wilder. The moments were so great. How they almost like you know, he fed off of Marty Feldman. Yeah, she, uh, you know, he fed off of uh, Terry Gar. Yeah, yeah. So it just, that's why I had to give that to her. All right, so that takes <clears> us <throat> to Best Actor. Uh, best Actor, on uh, Gene Wilder, Dr. Frank. Just for Same. every reason I have said since we started this conversation. <laughs> just really? brilliant. Yeah, yeah I, so I did like him. He, gave, he got my best Gene Wilder character. Yeah. But what made Blazing Saddles so good for me, I went with Cleavon Little, um, which I've never seen him before. Yeah, okay? neither, he was a close second for me. He really, really was. I've never seen this guy before. He had a good career. I think he was on all kinds of TV. Oh, yeah. But he has so <laughs> much grace. Okay, like this role was supposed to be Richard Pryor. And I guess like with Richard Pryor, there was like drug screenings and stuff. And they were, they were worried yeah. that he would get, <laughs> get sent to jail or something. So um, Mel Brooks actually quit um, Blazing Saddles for like three days. Because they wouldn't, Richard Pryor was not going to be in it. Yeah. And Richard Pryor was like, dude, I got this guy. He's cold black, way darker than me, and he's going to scare the shit out of that town. <laughs> <laughs> and so he stayed on for writing, but I don't, I could not imagine. I love Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. I don't think he could have pulled up the smoothness. No, because there's that, grace you know, and charisma cool. in this character. I think he yeah. would have took it. You look at Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor's movies. Um, all of their duo movies, they're all kind of like weak characters. Yeah, hear no kinda, evil, see no evil. Yeah, but, they yeah. get a little crazy. You know, and I think that Richard Pryor would have I, I put a little stink on this movie. I think he would, yeah. You know, and I love what he brought. I haven't seen him, and I, he brought a, a genuine quality to this movie where I'm like, 
I I'm glad that he wasn't in a lot in a lot of other movies because it made this movie special for me. I loved his performance. I thought it was just what needs to be. Blazing Saddles wasn't my favorite, but he is the reason why it, he took Blazing Saddles up a notch for me. Because he he made what would have been an okay movie into yeah. wow good movie thanks to thanks to him for yeah. his performance. I'll agree with that. Brad's got his first wrong answer. <laughs> all right, so yeah, definitely best... wrong answer all in all, but <laughs> so best scene. Oh, best scene from the moment the monster meets the hermit all the way to him running out the door. That whole fucking montage. No, don't uh, you know? He tries to give him a cigar, and he, he's like, "Now, don't inhale until the tip glows." And he lights his fucking thumb on fire, uh-huh. spills soup into his lap, smashes his wine mug, and the monster just loses it. Smashes out the door. That was reels. my gag. So yeah, yeah. Just, I, I love where are you going? I was gonna make a special. <laughs> <laughs> and that was an ad lib line too. And Mel Brooks was, was like, "Yeah, he's like, you know what? Fucking keep it. That's great." <laughs> my oh yeah, I'm sorry, Josh. Yours. Uh, what, did also, you have any runner ups or anything? Uh, like I said there were so many. I, I wish I would have wrote them down, but there were so fucking many. Seriously, it's like the quotes. Yeah. Uh, like both movies had some spectacularly funny. Funny scenes, and I could have just I could have wrote pages on, yeah. on each one. Uh, for me, it was the uh, when the Frankenstein monster comes to life, <clears throat> the whole set of give charade yeah. <laughs> scene, all the way through to set where he sits uh, Igor down and chokes the shit out. Do a seven and a half foot gorilla. <laughs> well, even after that point, he's like, "Do we all have to act normal?" And his collar just boom. <laughs> Yeah, that whole scene, yeah, uh, was good. book end to book end, was, was fantastic. Uh, my best scene, my runner-up was the, the sing-off at the beginning. That really put me in the mood for Blazing Saddles. Uh, my wife didn't like Blazing Saddles either. She didn't get to watch Young Frankenstein with me. But I mean, because I get the... You guys like Blazing Saddles. Sounds like she was Yeah, it was too. good. Yeah. But uh, I don't, she didn't get to watch Young... She didn't like it. <laughs> she didn't get to see uh, Young Frankenstein, but Blazing Saddles wasn't her comedy. I don't think Young Frankenstein will be either, but... Um, my runner r- running runner up was the sing off at the beginning. Yeah. I love that scene. But my favorite scene I just titled "Welcome Sheriff." <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll leave that there. <laughs> but I love. Okay, he goes in, uh, and they're saying the sheriff is the N word, and the bell is blopping yes. that out, bleeping that out. And then he comes up. He's like, "Excuse me, why I whip this out?" And they all pull the guns on him. And then all the way from there to when he he puts the gun up to his own head. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm gonna blow this guy's head off all over this town." And they're like, "Oh my God, he's serious." And then just that performance there of him, like, uh, it's it's comic gold. Where he walks down the stairs and walks in, he's like, "Man, these guys are stupid." So that <laughs> whole so beautiful, yeah, baby. that whole scene is is my favorite. Well, one of my songs. nominations would have been uh, during that time. Uh, everything's kind of quiet, and the guy's not even looking. We want to offer a Laurel and Hardy handshake to our new Negro, <laughs> just real slow and drawn out, like, oh. God. <laughs> yeah. That's, who is that? That's a he, that's a guy from a Magnum PI, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's funny. I'm going to give a little bit of love to Blazing Saddles because I haven't given a lot to it. My <laughs> runner-up for this would have been, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. I thought it was one of the racially charged, uh, humorous moments of the movie when those two guys are on the handcart and they go down yes. in the quicksand, <laughs> and then those two, get over here, throw your rope in. Whew. We almost lost a four hundred dollar handcart. He's worried. That that right there was another laugh out loud moment yeah, for me. And Blazing great. Saddles probably would have if I didn't love that 
that scene in uh, Young Frankenstein, it would have gone to that moment. That's right. a good one. Because <laughs> he climbs out. I think I feel the rail. They're talking their way out of the quicksand. <laughs> he, Don't do it. No, I gotta do it. He hits the guy with the shovel. Yeah. Start movie. You know, that, so I Blazing that Saddles was great, but I just, Young Frankenstein was always a little bit ahead for me. All right, that takes us into defining moment. And um, I want to explain for any new <coughs> listeners, defining moment um, can be many things. Um, for me, I try to find something. If I'm going to make a movie, I'm gonna, if I'm going to write a screenplay, my defining moment is looking back into the history. And like um, we just did our Die Hard marathon, so I put no shoes. Because taking away something from an action character is so good. You don't see that a lot in action movies where they take away something and they write that into the script. Chinatown, it was having a bandage on someone's face the entire movie. You're A-lister. Like Jack Nicholson, okay, covering up his face and actually letting the character shine instead of just you know uh, the the star that's out there, you know. I got you. I got you. And uh, so those are some defining moments. So what was? How did you do your defining moment? Uh, my defining moment, uh, I really had to do with Gene Wilder, you know, because I started thinking because this was this was hard again, you know, so many great moments in both movies, and I thought boil this down, what it's dedicated to Gene Wilder, and the part at the uh, end of Blazing Saddles. Or they are driving, you know, driving in the limousine off in the sunset. It, it made me think of his his death. You know, he left us, but he left us with a laugh. You know, so many great and entertaining movies out there. That, whether it be comedy, slapstick comedy, or whatever, really you want to call you know Charlie the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> just great stuff. And that's that's how he left us entertained. And so that that was my defining moment. Okay, uh, for me. My defining moment while I was watching this was about Mel Brooks more than anything. Okay. Um, it was... I was well, fuck Gene Wilder. <laughs> no, no, no. And, Why and, not he's dead? <laughs> and, That's uh, gross. That, that goes into these guys. Uh, Mel Brooks movies, I realized during the town hall meeting in Blazing Saddles, so I think technically this award goes to Blazing Saddles, but it was the realization when I watched it this feels a lot like movies I've seen before from Mel Brooks. And this is the first time I've ever watched two of his movies back-to-back. So mm-hmm. if, if we had, say, done a, a marathon on them and watched five or six, I think this would have only become more prevalent. But he has the same gags in all of his movies, but they're all so perfectly tweaked that they're really fresh and new and funny. <laughs> and you don't notice it until you put them back-to-back like that. The town hall meeting, the moving hump, and the moving mold. That's from, what Josh uh, and I were talking about when you were in the other room there, and he made me realize, I'm like, oh my god, he's right. <laughs> all this stuff, it, 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 the hangman is a direct character from Blazing Saddles to uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, yeah. The the moving mole. I mean, there's there's so much stuff. The and that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kind of connection can be made here, but when Mel Brooks is, uh, Brooks is playing the governor and he's behind the curtain and he's like, I'll be right out. That fucking happened again in uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights where he's like, mm-hmm. I'll be right out. Oh, put some ice on it. You'll be fine. Uh, you know, you hear him drop the guillotine thing for the circumcision. I mean, it's all the same shit, but it is so well done that yeah. it's fresh and new and awesome. And I just didn't realize that until it's almost I like he's a wonderful movies. bullshitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just is. But young Frankenstein is the one that stands out stands out from that in a lot of ways some of the stuff's still there because they still have the town riot meeting oh yeah in it you know um, so that I, I learned something about Mel Brooks and the way these guys work together watching these two movies back to back and I think that's great they both came out of the same year 
So I don't know how much that has. I mean, she loves Dick in both movies, and they have town hall meetings in both. <laughs> maybe movies. he just had a one track. Mind. Maybe that year. Maybe, maybe his wife cheated only for some guy with a huge cock. You know? <laughs> uh, mine was the third act, fourth wall breaking finale. I think it's one of the most important things in in cinematic history when it comes to a comedy. Just to be able to let your movie breathe and have some fun with it. Like, when was the last time you saw a movie that third act? They're like, how are you gonna tie up this movie? You know, it's. It's, it's, it's this comedy. He could have just rode off to the sunset, did ABC. But he's like, no, we're going to break the fourth wall. Okay, we're going to go off into a movie set. Then it comes about movies. Like, you, you could talk a lot about just movie making in general and how this starts speaking to movies. And all the trouble that he had making Blazing Saddles or, like, the, the producers saying, we need to do this or that or take these scenes out. He's like, no, fuck it, man. I'm going to do my own movie. And I'm going to break the fourth wall so much that we're going into fucking studio sets. So you're going to be fighting moment is my uh, runner-up for what the fuck. What the moment. fuck. <laughs> it, 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 no, it's so important though. When it's it's so what do I want to say? It is so original for a comedy in 1974 to go off the fucking rails, go so chaotic, and have a fucking pie fight in the studio, and then you're you're going into an old school 1974 musical, you know, and then you're watching a movie. It's it's the most meta thing I've ever seen, and it's so self aware, and I think that's so important, and it's such an original idea. Um, I loved it. I ate up every bit of that. I mean, you fucking see Hitler. You know? I couldn't wait for it to end. See, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I loved it. It was so meta. I, I was so entertained by it. And I was like, that's such an original thought. Just to, to just leave the town and then have a big fight going into the to the Warner Brothers studio. <laughs> I don't like slapstick shit like that. Oh, so, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. It was definitely original. I will give it that. But to me, it, it, it broke away from my... I didn't want it to break away from what it was doing. Uh-huh. It seemed like such an unnecessary break. See, but that I would agree. just be every other movie. And so by becoming so mad... Oh, there's no way it was every other movie. Even if yeah, maybe. That. <laughs> but yeah, it just becomes so Looney Tunes <laughs> that it was like, wow. I, See, I, it went I loved too it. far for me See, on that I, one. See, I disagree because I then you get, in, you get into movies about movies. And that's a whole other top five list. We can I think there's better there. ways to do that, though. Yeah, uh, really. Yeah. See, I I loved it, and it was so unexpected too, man. Where they're just fighting and they leave the set, so you could even say it's all contained inside of a movie <laughs> set. You know, these just so much fun, man. And then they, they get the off things... their horses, they get into a limo, and they drive away. I was uh, like, that, that's that so was cool. funny. I liked that part. But it's the but... same thing, though, just on a smaller level. A much more, like I said, uh, it went too far. Uh, to define it, uh-huh. I've seen. A few Mel Brooks movies, of the ones I've seen, the parts I like the least are the ones where you see the crew, yeah. or the camera breaks a window, uh-huh. or uh, I, I believe in Spaceballs, which this is the one that I actually would probably get away with saying that was funny. I believe they caught their stunt doubles yeah. when they jumped through the door. But that that those those elements uh-huh. of his, his movies have always been things that just... Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of fourth wall breaks in uh-huh. any I'm way, not, shape, or form. You. See, I like movies about filmmaking, and then like him going to the villain, going into the theater, getting some raisinets, sitting down, and then seeing the that um, they're coming, that they're coming, and then goes out, and then there's a shootout outside of the movie theater, and then they go in to see if it has a happy ending, and then they're back into the movie. I and was as like, soon as they were back into the movie, I was like, all right, the world is right again. Now oh, I can I, finish it. So movie. beautiful. So that was my defining moment. Um, best director, best directed, Young Frankenstein. Go. Same. Yeah, see, I, I can't say anything new about it. Cause, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I I went Young Frankenstein as well. Um, actually, man, I, I had right here just tie. I don't like doing ties, <clears throat> okay? Yeah. I don't like doing ties, but it's in the rules that we can. Um, 
it's I think it's a little bit more artistic, especially when you're looking at black and white and using the old props. But then you know how he stuck to his guns and made and directed Blazing Saddles to be the movie that is is one of the you know a mile a minute comedies and not. Letting anybody tell him how to make his no own movie. No compromises. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good no compromise. But, no, but there's no compromises with either film. Yeah. And that's where it was really hard to, <laughs> to, to give this to one or the other because they told him, you know, no black and white. And he's like, fuck you, I'm going to another studio. You know, looking for the, the old equipment, you know, and, and from 1931's Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, but then, on the same token, people saying that you need to cut out scenes. I mean, there's even another meta moment where um, I think it was Taggart. After they break the fourth wall completely, and they go into that third act, he goes, "Fuck you! I work for Mel Brooks." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I love that stuff, that and, it, and it, I think that's a big fuck you to Hollywood too, because they yeah. wanted to change shit, and I think that's so important just to be your own man. So I'm gonna stick to that. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give it a tie for both of them. I think it's so important to stick to your guns, and he did that to both movies in 1974 in different ways. You know, when you look at the cinematography of the movie and then you look at the screenplay and the directing of it. So, I mean, directing both these movies. I believe we had that same kind of conversation uh, during one of our Bond marathons with, uh, is it Martin Campbell? Yeah, Martin Campbell, yeah. Directed uh, GoldenEye. Yep. You actually convinced me of that um, with him being the one that deserved that. I think I gave it to uh, Skyfall. Oh, did you? Sam um, Mendes? Sam Mendes, yeah. For Skyfall. And you had me convinced uh, that I was wrong there for that same reason. <laughs> um, just learning to do what you can with a low budget and sticking to your guns and making sure that the movie turns out the way that you want it to. That's a very valid reason to uh, to, to, to pick Blazing Saddles. So I will honor your tie, yeah. sir. Thank you, yep. sir. All right, um, and that takes us to Best <laughs> Picture. Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I found Young Frankenstein to be... Abnormal. <laughs> What'd you go with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, no reason why. We've been pretty much talking the whole reason why for the whole uh, thing. It's just to me, it was uh, the better comedy, uh-huh. uh, the be- just the better story written, better story, better Characters. acting, better character development, atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Josh. I really am. I will say, like, I don't know if I line up with Mel Brooks when he said it's the funniest movie ever made, but I will say this. Um, it, it, okay, it might be the funniest movie ever made when you're talking um, hit-to-miss ratio when it comes to jokes. I don't even know if there's another movie that gets so many. It's not my favorite comedy of all time, but there's so many jokes and so many of them hit. There's a lot of movies. Like, you go watch any kind of spoof, like Vampire Suck or, or epic <laughs> movie whatever the fuck it's called, and there's so many movies that try to do this, and their jokes just do not yeah. land, and he's nailing a lot of them, so it, man, it's close to being one of the funniest movies when you look at it like that, if there's a fucking laugh meter, you know? Um, but man, I think it's so, like we hit on it earlier, I think Blazing Saddles is the best movie here, I think the comedy's great, I think that uh, with with our dark history, I think that you can approach it um, and you know, like, like Gene Wilder says, he takes racism and he smashes it in the face, and then everybody can kind of step back and we can have a, a conversation about it. You know, and he wrote this movie because um, of racism in America and, and bigotry. And this is the movie that he came up with from um, as an artist. You know, he's not going to sit there and write a lecture, but he's going to do it within comedy. And I think comedy can be used as a powerful tool. And I'm glad that this movie's made and, and can open those conversations up and, and makes us step back. And I think we need. I think this world's a little bit too. Um, gets Touching. offended too yeah, easily. easily, and I'm glad. And this movie makes me, as a white man, look like a fucking dumbass. Okay, <laughs> it does. It does. It, you know, the hero is a black guy. 
uh, the white guys look retarded. Okay. Um, and the one guy, and I'm happy guy with that. I'm completely happy a drunk. with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm com- oh, I'm good with it. <laughs> I'm completely happy with it. I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a nice touch where the end the, the white guy and the black guy they, they go off and they have a, and a friendship. Friends, yeah, yeah, and they're best friends. I think there's a lot to say about Blazing Saddles. I think this movie can become so deep, deeper than than what we're even giving it credit for. Now I could talk probably forever, you know, um, about the the merits of this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going Blazing Saddles for my best picture. I said Blazing Saddles was good, but. Not half as good as Young Frankenstein for me. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the credit that you're giving it has to do with cultural potency. Uh Not, I'm uh, not sure that I'm getting a lot of uh, structure and you know all the other elements that we commonly discuss uh, in all of our marathons and our verses and stuff like that. I think that you're right that it has a strong message, but. It is jokes and that message. For me, that that's what I get out of it. So oh. it, it's a difficult sell for me. Yeah, but then again, when you look at different artists and the different tools that every artist has, you know, uh, or that they have, um, I'd hate to see the same artist painting the same portrait of a hard discussion like racism. It would just become old. So I'm glad that we have uh, comedies, that we have dramas, we have people like... Um, uh, Spike Lee, and I'm glad we have people like Tarantino, you know, because they both have same messages, but just in different ways. And I'm glad that Mel Brooks was Did able you pick to pick those because they were both in Celebrity Deathmatch on MTV. <laughs> There's a lot of people. I'm sure Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks was a Deathmatch on MTV. But I'm so glad that Mel Brooks was able to use his own set of tools to talk about racism. And like earlier, I'm probably I could probably take a lot of flack by saying we should be able to laugh at at, at, at something so dark as racism. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I think that you can use different tools to, to use that as a discussion. To exact change. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's a it's a very powerful message within this movie. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, it's been 15, 20 years since I've watched either one of these. So this was a fun versus yeah. just to sit back fun. at and to really dig into. And uh, yeah, this was fun, guys. I didn't know where you guys were going to go. But yeah, let's... I didn't either. I, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm, I, I, if I, I would have bet money, I, I would have said you guys were going Blazing Saddles. So we have this thing where a movie cannot be nominated from a council member in Pantheon. Pantheon is our movies of, of all-time movies. And tonight, we're going to shut this off real quick. We're going to tally up uh, the awards and see who won. And I'm going to <laughs> And then we'll, we'll come back. And if the, the movie that lost um, is considered knocked out of our verses. And it cannot be nominated by a council member for an entire year. Um, so we'll come back and we'll talk about if the movie that won... If it's Pantheon. If all of us agree, then it goes up to the council. So let's take a break, get our tallies, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. We have the Golden Idol winner. It looks like the Golden Idol winner is... Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. So um, what we do right now is we break it down. Do you think that it is a Pantheon movie, and should we kick it up to the council? Uh, I think Young Frankenstein is a Pantheon movie. Okay. And, and I, I'd love to see what the council says about it, compared to what you say about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what do you say? I feel unequipped to answer that, because when you talk about Pantheon, for me, uh-huh. it is how it stands up to members of its same genre. And I would have to explore that, and I want to say yes. My answer is going to be no, just because I have not explored that element of it because Monty Python has a lot to offer 
in the idea of what a pantheon comedy of these types are. Well, I'd love to see Monty Python. So there. <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't commit to it. Okay, and let me just remind you too that if you don't come, if like if you so you, you say no, it's not gonna get kicked up to council. Um, if we have one person that says no. Okay, which I'm going to say no to, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying no for a very different reason than if, you're going to say you, no. um, Yeah, so how this works, it, it won't... It could be forever before young Frankenstein gets nominated. Since yeah, one of us if ever. Him. Yeah, if ever. So it, it, was, it could take a while. So, But um, Blazing Saddles is knocked out. Unfortunately, it won't be around for a year. <laughs> okay? We're going to have at least one video and that's pissed. Marshall Wade wanted to nominate it, but since it's knocked out, he cannot nominate Blazing Saddles. I'm guest voter for next month. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Marshall, old buddy. <laughs> but fuck you. That's hilarious. <laughs> I... Yeah, I could not get into Young Frankenstein. It's not my kind of comedy. And we were talking earlier how films are subjective, and comedies are subjective as fuck. Yeah, okay? they they're are. the most subjective film you can get. And for me, it's not my comedy, man. Um, I did not. I th- it was classic. It was old school, which I, I appreciate that usually. But when it comes to comedy, man, like you guys were talking about that scene where uh, Martin, Fre- what was his name? Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. When he comes out and he's like, "Hey, I was hiding behind a fucking." case and now I'm word, here word for word right here <laughs> that was just exactly. like I could not get into that kind of humor I just thought it was there's only like, if we're gonna have a Mel Brooks movie that stars Gene Wildman or Gene Wilder and, Wild and, 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 and Madeline Kahn in it you know uh-huh. I want Young Frankenstein in there not Blazing Saddles yeah see I want you're totally enjoy. into a fourth wall break with 50 yeah. gay men in top hats <laughs> With batons, love calling it. each other fairies, but you're love not good it. with his little slapstick. And game. don't you love how the cowboys, once they disappear, they come back out and they're like having conversations with the the, <laughs> the gay guys. I love that. It's like Obviously, they, we did not love that, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a that I was talking about that when you were out there at the uh, fourth wall break again. I was talking about how awesome it is that I haven't seen a movie that meta since probably um, Quest for the Holy Grail. Where at the end of this movie, they get a fucking arrested by cops. You know, and it completely breaks it, and it's, it becomes a very self-aware movie. You know, where they get arrested by fucking cops in a medieval movie. And it, that's what I... I think it's so important to cinema that you, you take chances. And you do things differently. Um, and I love how this... It just completely goes so Looney Tunes and so chaos. I think you can you can have a little bit of beauty in chaos. You can, and, but and, they went too far. See, and I completely disagree. <laughs> I think that third act is special. I think it's completely <laughs> special. Ex- Young Frankenstein, you get exactly what I expect. Like, there's nothing there. I, I do think, I will give it some credit. I mean, I gave it at least six awards, that I think cinematography, and I can respect some of it. And I gave my favorite Jim Wilder, you know, a performance to Young Frankenstein for his crazy manic performance, which I love. There's a couple beats in that that had me rolling, you know, when he was like, you know, my grandfather's work is doo-doo. You know, and I do think, could, could you watch... I loved the rotating bookcase scene too. Oh yeah, I didn't Put get the any love. Could you watch Frankenstein, <laughs> Bride of Frankenstein, all these movies, and then pop in Young Frankenstein and take it as a part of the the mythology? A little bit to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, because people are fucking Absolutely. nuts. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I do like that. I think that that's that's interesting. Okay, but for me, at the end of the day. I, I don't. I'm not excited about watching Young Frankenstein again. Like I probably won't <clears throat> pop it in for another couple. Actually, if you guys want, I just bought it for five bucks. I'll give it to either one of you that don't have it. Do you guys both have it? I do. Do you I have it? it? You have it? Yeah. I, I'll give it to you anyway. You give it to a friend. All right. Cool. But <laughs> it's like I did. I did not care for it. I won't watch it again. Um, but Blazing Saddles was awesome. I, I did like this marathon though. That was very interesting because now I know as a video Versus- lander. 
Huh? This versus. I'm sorry. I just came off of the action marathon. So um, with the versus, <laughs> what I love about these, though, is you figure out who you are as a video man. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's so important. What kind of movies you like. What's your favorite Mel Brooks movie? And I didn't know that going into this. You know, and I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that my favorite Mel Brooks movie, because I remember Spaceballs pretty well. I remember Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. And um, nothing, none of them, like, touched me on an original level like I thought Blazing Saddles did. And This uh, would just, be a very different conversation if Robin Hood, Men in Tights was in this. You think so? Would you take that over uh, Young Frankenstein? <laughs> no, see, I, I would no, take I, I'm sure that I wouldn't. Are you guys confident? I certainly like Robin Hood, no. Men in Tights and Spaceballs far more than Blazing Saddles. Oh, okay, really? See, I'm the opposite with you on that. I'll take Blazing Saddles over Men in Tights. And... Okay, well, I, that was my first Mel Brooks experience. And there's something to be said for that sticking with me. Would you say that you know now what your favorite Mel Brooks movie is? Yeah, my, my, my favorite Mel Brooks movie that I shouted out is Young Frankenstein. And do you know what your favorite is? No. So you're still out there. That's why you wouldn't say yes to Pantheon. Maybe. Correct. And, and, that, people and look not at, just within yeah, yeah, Mel Brooks' yeah. scope either. I mean, all of these types of comedy that are out there, Monty Python specifically, is the one that I would I have would to revisit <laughs> and I would have to compare. I feel like Young Frankenstein could be Pantheon, but until I know, I can't I can't in good conscience answer yet. Yeah, and okay, well, I'm very interested to see what you're going to say about, like, is, do you... When it comes to certain directors, are you only putting no, one... No, Fright Night's not Pantheon. Let it go. It's <laughs> 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 funny. So... Are you only are you the kind of guy that's only one Spielberg can get in, only one Mel Brooks movie can get into Pantheon? No, absolutely not. Okay, because I was uh, going to say like if it's quality, it's quality. If it stands above the rest, it stands above the rest. There's there's no getting around that. Yeah, because when it comes to like our pan- for instance, Jaws and Jurassic Park are both Pantheon films for me, uh-huh. and Spielberg is. Yeah. fucking great. Yeah. <clears throat> and he maybe he's not producing anymore, but that doesn't... You, you look at E.T., you look at Jaws, you look at uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <clears throat> the guy's got quality yeah. and uh, across a broad spectrum. So absolutely not. I would not limit my Pantheon options in that way. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think you should either. When it comes down to it, like I was telling uh, someone about... But I do think that should be t- taken into consideration, though, how uh, powerful a movie is. Like, you know, I, I don't want just... Pantheon never becomes so loose that you're like, oh, I'm going to give like, you know, four, this guy, you know, yeah. he did four great and movies. And put something like Fright Night in there. Yeah, no, I, dude, I, I will, I can, I can People give you Fright. so much shit I know. <laughs> but there was enough counsel. Hey, it wasn't just me. I'm, the, I'm just a nominator. How much did they cost? I just, How much did they cost? I just, nom- I, I, I just nominated it, so. How much semen is still in your stomach? <laughs> I just nominated it, so we I had. I want a, a free meal, too. We had enough people voted yes, so bitch up them, not me. See, I, I love Fright Night, so I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll blow your shit about it because I know what you love yeah. it, but <laughs> but like same way with uh, like I know my favorite Mel Brooks when we did the Alfred Hitchcock movie I or marathon I know my favorite Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo and, and I'm not saying and I'm <laughs> no. not saying that there there's probably two maybe three Hitchcock movies that I think could possibly get into Pantheon really you don't think so what no there were three only, in your marathon only Hitchcock yep. movie I would want to see in Pantheon would be Psycho yeah uh, like I said you know I recently rewatched Rear Window just for Kyle yeah. And great movie up until that end. Yeah, and with, when it like, comes when it comes to Pantheon for me, I just because I, I said in my review I like Rear Window quite a bit. It was good. When it comes down to it though, like with with Blazing this ties into Blazing Saddles for me. But with Rear Window with Alfred Hitchcock, it's not my Rear Window is not my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie. It's not my favorite Hitchcock movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, and I think it runs with <laughs> with the heavy hitters in the genre of thriller slash you know uh, mystery movies. But I don't even think it's the best there. So I can't 
put it in Pantheon because of those reasons for myself. And that's why I'm glad I, I've been doing verses and marathons because now I know what I think about Hitchcock and the mystery genre, the whodunit, you know, Jimmy Stewart, and I'm not comfortable putting that in. But with when it comes to Brooks, I know what my favorite Brooks movie is, and I think Brooks needs to be, you know, um, uh, I guess uh, celebrated, you know, and I, I, I want to do that myself with Blazing Saddles. So we'll see where it all Actually, comes I want to backtrack from I might consider Rope yeah. for Pantheon. May I'd have to rewatch that one again, but that was pretty damn good. Okay, but you're you're not for sure where you are still with with, with Brooks. I I have to answer no because I think that Young Frankenstein is not indicative of Mel Brooks for me. It is a fantastic movie, but it stands completely aside from all the rest of the movies that he's done. The rest of them are very like Blazing Saddles. I mean, uh, in Robin Hood Men in Tights, in the the opening scene, they shoot the fucking flaming arrows at the roof. Screw you, Mel Brooks. <laughs> you know, I love that shit. I don't really like how far Blazing Saddles went, but I can get on board with that, with the guys dancing in the tights, doing the rapping in the beginning. I like that movie. Uh, well, it sounds like with you, because I had a huge ending, uh, rear in, rear window ending problem. <laughs> I, had a, I had a big rear ending right before you guys came over. Anyway. I didn't care for it. Is that how you got but I'm, und- in there. but I'm undecided. <laughs> I ended my rear view. Uh, rear view. Goddamn. I ended my rear ending. It ended my tight end. I, I ended my rear... Rear window review by saying at least Fright Night had a good ending with red eyes in the darkness saying you're so cool, Brewster. Well, at least cooler than the ending of Rear Window. <laughs> okay, I liked it. Yeah, so, what the ending of Rear Window? Yeah, did you really? Not a problem, oh, man. Yeah. Damn. dude, that's so anticlimactic. So anticlimactic. Yeah, I felt so blue balled when I watched yeah. that movie. I mean, I was so excited. How can you get like flash flashes of like light in your eyes and you just stop? You don't rush the motherfucker or nothing. You just keep on taking like five to the face. Yeah. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And then he can't even get the fucker out the window. You know. <laughs> and then when he does get the fucker out the window, when he does get the fucker out the window, he's like. The cops come in, they pull him back, and they find out everything about the movie <laughs> and like in literally like, one minute. It's like he was confessing Bob, uh, when he came he, out the window. He buried his wife on the fucking planet. Uh, he's got $10,000 in the suitcase, and uh, let's move. Let's wrap this movie up. You know, so, but if you have a big problem with ending of Blazing Saddles, I can see why you would say no. Because you can't have a Pantheon movie. You can't say it's Pantheon if you have a big problem with the fucking ending of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? I mean, it has to be perfect. I mean, it has to be good for you beginning and end, right? You can't just let something go if you had it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Blazing cha- uh, Blazing Saddles didn't have... <laughs> blazing what? I don't know. <laughs> blazing Assholes Chaps. Blazing, <laughs> blazing, <laughs> blazing Assholes. Brad's over here giving me ideas. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no um, we can't even talk tonight. <laughs> blazing Saddles uh, had no chance of getting voted Pantheon right. by me. No right. chance. Uh, and I would, I would safely say that the other Mel Brooks movies, for the same reasons that I, I list in Blazing Saddles, also have no real chance of oh. being voted in. Spaceballs is probably the only one that I would go for. Uh-huh. If I were to be sold on a Mel Brooks film being considered Pantheon, in his normal style of directing, his comedic style, it would be that. But Young Frankenstein is a different sort of movie because it's a real movie <clears throat> that doesn't fuck with his type of humor. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a disservice to say 
I understand Mel Brooks, and I, I think that this should be Pantheon when it's not representative of him. Okay. I just think it's a really quality film that he happened to do, and he did it with Gene Wilder, and they made a great team for it. So, no, I, I can't say I have learned anything about Mel Brooks, really, from for this me, person. We all said, fuck Mel Brooks tonight, sounds like, because he's at, not at, going nowhere. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck who directed it, uh-huh. who starred in it. It's how well did I like it, what score did I give it, at the end of this, as far as consideration for Pantheon. Young Frankenstein, for me, got a 4.5, which is you know makes it okay for Pantheon. As long as that you can explain a unique you know, viewpoint of it. And Blazing Saddles got a 4.0. Okay. It just didn't quite make it for me. And it's a good movie, and I'm not going to put it down, but it just just didn't quite and, measure dude, it. Hey, and that's okay. There's a lot of great... I always say, Pantheon, a lot of great movies won't make it. A yeah. lot of great movies won't, but it's for the fucking amazing movies. you know. And I think uh, sometimes I, I lose sight of that too, and i got to pull myself back. Uh, but when when it comes down to Pantheon, you know what? Fuck, man, it, it has to be fucking solid. I hope people really you know, put that yeah. into consideration when they're making their reviews. See, um, Frankenstein is solid. For me, it's solid. Yep. Uh, there's no question about that. But for me, a Pantheon nomination and, and induction it, it absolutely weighs on being the best of its kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I that's don't where I think say Blazing Saddles versus... is for Brooks and for, you know, like I said, I don't know if, when you're talking if best. If this had been a marathon, uh-huh. I'd feel more equipped to answer that question. Yeah. But since it was a versus and we're looking at two very different types of movies, predicated mostly upon Gene Wilder being in them, I don't think they're comparable. Yeah, I, and, I really don't. And I said, like, when I said with Blazing Saddles, it's not my favorite comedy, but it might be the best comedy, if that makes sense, when it's talking about jokes firing hit-to-miss hit to, to ratio. You know, I think they hit... And I, I agree. So it might, be the, it might be the best at. comedy, but not my favorite comedy. There's movies that don't have as many jokes that I think is funnier, but they're not throwing as many jokes at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, for future council members, on the spot, what do you think is the funniest movie ever made? Uh, on the best, spot, on the spot, on the spot, funniest movie ever made for me would be The Big Lebowski. If I could only have one, and I mean just one comedy, in Pantheon, it would be The Big Lebowski. Really? What about you? I'm not a big comedy person. Yeah. Um, but I got. I could tell by I, your I, idols. Right. Okay. No, uh, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> the movie that I know that I, I can honestly say, and this is going to show how uh, little I get into this genre, the movie that I know I've laughed at the most is Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins. Hmm. Yeah. Wrong Random as gotcha. fuck. <laughs> Random as fuck. Well, I know. If we would have any great on the show, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough of that shit. <laughs> Here comes Mongo. <laughs> Never mind that shit. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Big Lebowski be up there for me. Maybe Dumb and Dumber one. That movie gets me going every time. And then uh, the See, jerk. The jerk's a big one for the, me. Oh, comedy yeah. is a fleeting thing for it me. Did. Because <laughs> Dumb and Dumber is definitely one that would get a recommendation for me. Uh-huh. As See, being the jokes amazing. are too far yeah. few. At least the good ones for me. Yeah, you know I, mean? like, I, I think Dumb and Dumber was spot on. I yeah, so the parrot scene just gets me every that time. That lands, but. It didn't even enter my fucking mind because I do not think about comedy, yeah. and yeah. That, that's that's my flaw in even being a part of this discussion. So I hope. I See, hope as much as I love Monty Python, I would I wouldn't recommend Holy Grail probably, just because that ending where they went yeah. metal. I was just like, what the fuck? So you didn't like that ending either? No, I didn't. You don't I like really you don't like Metathen? No, I don't. I really don't. It's just it doesn't come off to me as funny, entertaining. It's just like 
get this bullshit over with and get back to the fucking story, please. Well, to me, that's their example of going full retard. See, and I look, okay. at, and I look, and I look at it as a fuck the studio. You know, we're gonna we're gonna crash into the fucking lot. See, Mitch, we're to gonna... me it says fuck this movie. Oh man, see, I can't agree. With I agree. Them. I can't agree. You're stepping out of the movie because. Fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I, I thought it was a special and unique turn in, in comedy. So, all right, guys. Well, that's the end of this conversation. I thought it was, I thought it was a great conversation. I thought it was a great versus. Because, um, like I said earlier, I, I know now what my at least my favorite Mel Brooks film. I did not know that. I had no idea where I was going to stand with Young Frankenstein. I haven't seen either one of these movies. 15, See, I knew years. it was going to be one of these two for me. Uh-huh. You know, I, I love Spaceballs. I see Spaceballs all the time, man. Like it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I never go Pantheon Spaceballs, but, but I, I was like, like Spaceballs. fuck. You know, I was like, Blazing Saddles, you know, yeah. Frankenstein. I knew it was going to be one of the two. Yeah. And I sat down and watched them back to back, and then I was like, okay. Yeah. And I want to say real quick for me, closing, <clears throat> final thoughts, a lot of great movies, again, won't make it. Rear, win- uh, Rear Window, he's pissed at me. He's a, little, he's a little pissed at my review, but you know what I said in my review? I think it's a great fucking movie. It is. From beginning to end. It's not my favorite Jimmy Stewart, uh, not but the it's. End. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the way up until the end. But it's like, I, I love Jimmy Stewart's Jeffries in this, okay? I think it's great, not my favorite. Um, I think Hitchcock does some amazing things in cinema in this. I think that, uh, especially the one shot location, it is amazing, but it, it all comes down to that end for me. And I changed my review a couple times, and I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I do not care for that ending. I could not put it in Pantheon myself. If it's there and it gets some kid in Taiwan to watch it because he goes to our <laughs> website, he's like, oh, we're window. I'll watch this shit. I'm happy about that because it's a good Hitchcock film. Yeah. But I don't want to put it in myself. I think there's you hear other... shit he just said? Yeah, it sounds a little racist. Watched it too much blazing sound. <laughs> I think it's better. You know Wacky? You know Wacky. I think I, I know what my favorite Hitchcock film. I I know what I think is Pantheon, and it's not that one. But I think it's a great movie. So I think Blazing Saddles is a great movie too, and it should be in Pantheon. Closing thoughts. You're wrong. Continue. <laughs> what are you, closing thoughts? Uh. All right, Wayne. Closing thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad we did this. Excuse me, uh, while I whip this out. <laughs> I I actually did learn. Um, how much I really like Young Frankenstein. I hadn't seen it for years either. That's cool. That's cool. I hadn't seen it for years, uh, at least ten. And <clears throat> I've always had fond memories of it, but I rewatched it this 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 time, and I got a lot more from it than I did last time. That's awesome. And I carry I carry the atmosphere of it with me, the the beauty of the shots. That's not something you're probably supposed to say about comedies, and I think that's probably why it's not lining up with <clears throat> what you were trying to get out of it. But uh, I thought it was terrific. Uh, to me, you know, honestly, I've seen both movies throughout the years a lot of times. I grew up with both of them, and I, it never occurred to me which one I'd liked better. Mm-hmm. And now, now, now I know. know. Exactly. I do. Now I really know. do. I knew I loved them both, and they were great, and that, as far as I was concerned, that was it. Until we, we did this versus, and that's why it was such a challenge to me, because it's like, fuck. Yeah. I like these both a lot, and then... You know, my choice came clear. I really learned something. And that's what we do, man. That's that's the reason for Versus. This is my fucking film school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Breaking these down. Uh, looking at the cinematography and the acting. And um, I love these. I think they're so valuable to do. So, all right, guys. Until next time, my good people, where can they find you, Wayne? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, under your mom's bed, wherever. That's sick. <laughs> all right. What about you? Where can they find you? Facebook, AV. All right. We're on Adventures in Video Land. We're on AdventuresInVideoLand.com. Uh, we are all over the place. So, until next time, my good people... The sheriff's up. Uh...